Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Raised by Movies podcast. This is the show where we break down films from our childhood, from our youth, even from our adult age, movies that have kind of helped shape us into who we are today. Now, that's kind of what we're doing today, but it's, we're also here for another purpose. Today, we are discussing, for the 20th anniversary, The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson, released February 25th, 2004. Today, I am joined by my two co-hosts. Please say hello. My name is Christopher Duplissy. Um, also, please, when introducing yourself, tell me on a scale of 1 to 10 how devoutly Catholic you are. <laughs> oh, God. Devoutly Catholic. Gotta be honest, it's not super high, but let's just say the numbers are rising. <laughs> <laughs> Working my way through. Um, I'm Autumn. i uh Catholic, yeah. No. But I am devoutly Pentecostal. Since I, don't know I was how eight the, years old. I don't know how the Pentecostals feel about Passion of the Christ. That was not in my notes. Well, I'll tell you how I felt about it when I was in youth group. Pretty okay. sure I cried. During Passion of the Christ? I feel I remember crying while he was being beaten. Yeah, that's it's, it's pretty emotional. It's yeah. horrifying uh, stuff. No, today I fell asleep. <laughs> well the guy got, <laughs> Man, that is a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot that's happened. Yeah. The guy got hit with like razor blades, man. We'll get into that. My bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I'll pop the brakes. We'll, we'll far, get there. too far. Right. It's not time to break down the movie. I don't want to do it yet. What's the time for? Right now, I just want to know. Should we pray? How have you been this week? Should we start with the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who Lord art in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy name. name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in again. Give us the day our day. We never get to the dress. We give us the dress against us. Hallelujah. Amen. I think that's now how we'll start every show moving forward. <laughs> yeah, this is religious now. <laughs> yeah, we're only going to review religious movies from here on out. Like Veggie Tales? There's um, lots of Veggie Tales to go over. Yeah, unfortunately, probably. For the listener, I would stop listening now. Next is Doubt. <laughs> I don't really I, – I don't think there's many like big religious movies. I oh. think they're all probably like smaller budgeted no, awful dude. movies. No, no, no. Spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a religious movie. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a movie about the journalist who broke the story about pedophilia in the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> that's a religious movie. It's religious adjacent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we got to know the truth. Yeah. No, it has some religious themes in it. It attacks belief to a certain extent. Just, um, it's not good. The Catholic Church? Oh, no, pedophilia. Oh, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> uh, do either of you know? Bold stance. We are against pedophilia. I feel like we've said that before, huh? We, yeah, we're really not weird that this know. is like the sixth or seventh episode. We've already several times have taken stances against pedophilia. Well, we really got to make sure people know that we are not for. Don't confuse us with those other guys. <laughs> we are not for it. <laughs> we are not a part of NAMBLA. I don't know what that means. What is it? The North like? American Man Boy Love Association. Have you <laughs> not seen South Park? Uh, I've seen South Park. I don't, but I don't. I guess I don't remember that episode. We are a part of the other Nambla, though. The North American Mar uh, Marlon Brando <laughs> lookalikes. <laughs> uh, okay. It's just things on the top of your head. Just, just saying words to say them. Correct. Um, 
So, Passion of the Christ. I guess we can start here. Well, I'm sorry, but can I say? Can I ask one question to start this? Sure. What is his passion? So <laughs> that's Whoa. that's not that's what that question. means. No, no, no. The I'm just saying. Let's Christ. take this literally for a second. What is Christ's passion? Well, okay, so I guess if you if I have to answer this demeaning question, <laughs> That's demeaning. it would be that his passion is like to spread love, good, right? Good. But the passion is referring to this very specific twelve hour period in yeah. which he is crucified. Yeah, that of is why it's called the Passion of the Christ. It is not interested in Christ's passion. Well, why do they say the Christ when it's just Christ? Well, it's the, the I, th- I think the is lowercase. The passion of the it's Christ. called it's called the yeah. passion. I think of it's the, Christ. the passion of the Christ. I think okay. the, that that second the is lowercase. Checking passion is like a different is like a different variation on the word like passing, right? Am I right in that? I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know the either. etymology of passion. Spitballing here, thinking outside the box. Moving right Although I, I would have to say, if we have to nail his passion down, oh, good one. I love you, Jesus. I was gonna say Matchbox cars, but <laughs> That's might his not passion. be that. Big Hot Wheels guy. <laughs> I guess we can start here. Why are we talking about this movie other than the fact that I build the schedule and I force you guys to watch these things? <laughs> what is your relationship to the Passion of the Christ? Whoever I, wants to start. I gotta be honest. I I didn't really ever see passion of the christ before this is this a first time watch this is my first time watching oh, wow. yes. or were you aware maybe not in 2004 since we would have been like eight but were you aware of the film's reputation i was aware of the film's reputation but i was also aware of this film in 2008 because my mom went to go see it alone in 2004 in 2004 and then she came back crying and i was like oh, i, I can understand gosh. yeah at eight years old, I'm just like, my mom is crying. What is wrong, mom? Are you okay? <laughs> my mom, are you okay? What did Jesus do to you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesus saved her, okay? <laughs> and um, and what are you familiar with it in 2000? You are a little bit older than us, so I guess it would make sense for you to see this in 2004 if you were in that, that circle. No, I didn't see it in 2004. It would have been a couple of years later at a youth group all-nighter. We watched it What then. a fucking bummer of an all-nighter. Not when you're going to church. It's the fucking Jesus movie. It was great. It was epic. Yeah, but I can't I imagine. Cried. I can't imagine a bunch of like 13-year-olds like watching this movie and then immediately after being like, well... Who wants to play foosball? Like <laughs> staying up late talking about boys, and then all of a sudden, guys, let's watch Passion of the Christ. You guys have no idea what goes on inside of a church. Uh, for a youth I, group. I've been in many a churches I for was, a youth group. Yes, for a me. youth group all nighter. I've never been to a youth group all nighter. I went we to know. the all night skate at Great Skates once. I would assume it's similar. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> we played hide and seek in the church. Well, I don't know what else we did. Oh, some popcorn. I feel like movie. being in the church late at night when like it's pretty cool. The adults aren't there is kind of like well, the adults were there. Well, there's a couple adults there, later. but yeah. like, this was the Vatican, I guess. I would assume they don't really have a good time after dark. When Oh, we had a good time. Oh, my God. I'll cut God. that out. <laughs> Doubt it. Oh man. Well, either way, I think it would be fun. To, it'd be like being in school. 
you know, late at night. After hours. Yeah. yeah. But either way, this movie. How old do you think was, you were when you saw this? I was probably like 15. And at the time I was heavily involved in church. I was going like three times a week. Did you see the edited version or did you see just like. Even the edited version is not much more toned down. No. Like, I don't really remember, but the I edited, remember. The edited version is only like five minutes shorter. What does it cut? What, what five um, minutes? Was it, it, just, like- it just cuts like the most graphic stuff. Oh, you still see like the whipping and. But for the most that. part, it's all still in there. It's, it's like just the most not graphic as graphic. Part was like thirty-five minutes long. So. The graphic. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, that we'll was get the to it. Longest part. I guess like the reason there's lots of twentieth anniversary movies, twenty-five anniversaries movies and stuff that we're gonna cover. The reason that I chose this one, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that this is this is an interesting movie. I wouldn't really say I like it. I but I would say that like. It has always kind of stuck with me. This is probably the third time I've seen it. I definitely watched it when I was young. Uh, not in 2004. In 2004, I would have been eight when this movie's coming out. It came out February 25th, which is Ash Wednesday, if either of you were wondering. I wasn't. And I would say in 2006 is when my dad starts becoming a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I remember him, I wouldn't say forcing us to watch this, but he definitely made it a point that like we were going to sit down and watch this as a family because like it was important. And this being probably the most graphic movie I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> at that time. And I remember I remember it sticking out specifically because my dad always hated that my mom would let us watch like scary movies. But yet he had us watch this, which I think would be far more fucking traumatizing to a 10-year-old yeah. than watching, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. I bet they're both very terrifying. But, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, you can at least tell the kid afterwards, hey, none of that was real. Don't worry about it. Just go to bed. It was just a movie. My dad would look me in the face and be like, that's what happened. Oh, and so it's you have, you have to like Ooh. reckon with that. This mm-hmm. exists in the world like today. I remember like th- I guess this is why I I really like despise Easter and like because like m- when I was a kid like Easter was like a big deal and it was like it's Easter Sunday. This is the day Jesus came back. Like this is not about having an egg hunt. This you're gonna sit down and we're gonna read these passages that are important. That's oh, lame that's as cool. hell. Did you get to eat some jelly beans? Um, I think I Tell don't me think you got so. some peeps, dude. I, I oh. there maybe like there maybe was like a carton. Like you did get like a basket, but it was a lot of religious things incorporated. It's like a cross necklace. I wouldn't say I, I definitely got a, a I definitely got cross an, necklace. an illustrated Bible that like I had to read from like from for like an hour every Sunday. And nice. you got like a jelly bean for every verse you read in that hour? I no, I was not Dad sitting across was, the room just like flicking them at you every <laughs> single time he hears you finish one. Yeah unfortunately we were not rewarded. Like that is what we were supposed to be doing. Yeah. Damn. Yeah man. It's a bummer. I love Easter. For the candy. Yeah, for well, there's not a lot of candy in this movie. Um, <laughs> Just eye candy. <laughs> oh. <Ugh>. <laughs> Jesus was rocking a little bod, you know? Jim, however you pronounce his name. Jim Cavazil. Jimmy. Cavazil. James. The only American in the movie. 
That's true. Mel Gibson's not American? Mel Gibson's not in the movie. Right. But is he American? Yes. Yes. Okay. James Patrick Caviezel. That's his that's his name. Caviezel? Caviezel? Yeah, he's an interesting guy. We won't really get too far into him. But no, we need to break down his last name. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. <laughs> All right, so this movie, directed by Mel Gibson, written by Mel Gibson and Benedict Fitzgerald, which I am assuming is not a name either of you know. Correct. I know uh, the name Benedict. Like well, that's Cumberbatch. good. I guess I'll start. I'll, I know you for the most part. Sure. What is your relationship with Mel Gibson? My relationship with Mel Gibson? Like, have you seen... Uncle, cousin. I guess, like, like of the movies that Mel Gibson has done, what are the ones you're familiar with? I couldn't tell you a single movie that he's done right now. You'd have to name them. So you've never seen Braveheart? No. Never seen The Patriot? <gasps> no. <gasps> Uh, let's go with, I guess we can go with, like, some more recent one. Like, did you watch Hacksaw Ridge? No. I don't <gasps> know what that is. Um, Edge of Darkness? No. Have what you, Women Want. What Women Want? I did see What Women Want. Hell yeah. That's Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, I, what about, like, um, Lethal Weapon? No. So you really have no idea anything about this guy. I know his name. Mel. I've heard of him. Um. Oh, signs. Sunday Shyamalan. Yeah. I never watched. Oh, either. also a religious movie. <laughs> yeah. But okay. well, aliens. actually, she's seen the first ten minutes of Signs and fell asleep. So. Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. That's because I was. Is it signs. Mel that does it to you? you it must be during this one. He's, it must be. He <laughs> knows what women want. It's a nap. That's true. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, so this film is. Mainly in Latin, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So just to briefly go over some of these things. This movie was made for $30 million. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the movie grossed worldwide $612 million. Dang. Which makes it the fifth highest grossing film of 2004. We'll come back to that in a moment. And All as right. of 2013, it is the highest grossing R-rated movie domestically. And it made $370 million in the United States. That's the highest grossing domestic? Rated R movie. Through until 2013? Until 2023. What? Whoa! Yeah. Until last year? Until last year. year. No rated what R movie it? broke it? What topped it last year? I don't think anything did. I think that's just kind of like when they oh. make their cutoff of like as of this year. That's oh, okay. insane, man. Oh, well, actually, that's I think Oppenheimer crazy. would have beaten that, which is an R-rated movie. Wow. Uh, this movie also received three Oscar nominations, Best Makeup, Best Score, and Best Cinematography. Yeah. All right, we can give them that. that which I, th- I think yeah. cinematography is controversial because I think this movie looks pretty ugly most of the time there's a couple individual shots that look nice that i I think mel gibson has a great eye i think it's just the way they chose to film the movie is very ugly yeah so a lot of the movie is shot over 24 frames a second so they could slow it down and i think they wanted they liked it because it made everything feel more dramatic and it's like i I think it's they succeeded in pretty gross with everything else but (laughs) 
This is the fifth highest grossing film of 2004. Do you want to guess what the other four are? 2004? Yep. Uh, I, I can't even think of anything. The Benchwarmers? That come out in 2004? <laughs> I'll give you one. Huh? The fourth highest grossing movie of all time, of 2004, was The Incredibles. The Incredibles? Like <laughs> the, like the freaking uh, Pixar movie? And then I will say the other three movies at the top of this list are sequels. Oh, come uh, on. 2004 movies. It's not taking lives with Angelina Jolie. Either. What? <laughs> secret Window. It's not Secret oh, Window. The secret Grudge. Window. This is the year no. that fucked me up. All right. Gosh, darn it. Looking through Notebook? Nope. They're sequels. sequels. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Dude, I don't even know. I'm not seeing any sequels on this list. Just tell us. All right. Well, if you guys can't use your fucking brains... <laughs> <laughs> My brain number three wasn't developed. Highest grossing movie of 2004, Spider Man 2. Okay, I can see that. Number two would be Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That makes uh, sense. And the highest grossing movie of 2004, Shrek 2. Eat shit. No Shrek way. Two? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no fucking the way. The grossing movie of 2004 is Shrek 2. That's such a. St- <laughs> says a lot about Listen, America. I get it. They all start coming and they don't start coming, but it's just kind of like, <laughs> what the fuck, guys? Get out this of my what, swamp. This is what we wanted in 2004. That's sad. I was eight. That's what I wanted. Fuck. Yeah. I will say every movie on that list, except The Passion of the Christ, is one that I would have been fucking hyped for in 2004. Absolutely. <laughs> it's weird because Passion of the Christ is the only one that I would have been jazzed for. <laughs> Here's what Mel Gibson had to say on the making of this movie. This is a movie about love, hope, faith, and forgiveness. Jesus died for all mankind, suffered for all of us. It's time to get back to that basic message. The world has gone nuts. We could all use a little more love, faith, hope, and forgiveness. It's a great message. That's what he wanted to achieve with this movie. And I guess we will talk about if he actually did or not when we talk about some of the major criticisms that this movie faced. Mm. But... One of those criticisms is about the accuracy of all of this. There were biblical scholars who really like weren't that happy with this movie, even though it follows pretty much everything that happens in the Gospels. Uh, a large source of inspiration for this movie came from uh, the Dolores Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is based on the visions of a woman named Anne Catherine Emmerich in 1812. And so she basically was bedridden, and she had these like violent visions that she documented to somebody, I forget who, but it was of this moment in time for Jesus's life. It was of the passion, and it, they were like incredibly graphic and violent, and they were written down, and this is largely where Mel Gibson draws his inspiration from. To make this movie. All of the depictions of like violence against Jesus like are from this text and not the Bible. And those are what he chose to incorporate. This is largely like kind of like most biblical scholars do not really care about this text at all. Because they're just kind of like these are the visions of a mad woman. Like we have the gospels. Why do we care what she says happened? Especially given that it's in 1812. Uh, this book also features um, a larger role for Mary, like the mother of Jesus, which is why she's so prominently featured in the movie. In the Gospels of Luke, Mark, John, and Matthew, I think is the other one. 
Uh, the mother of Jesus is not that present during all of this. She is, but like she's not a central focus like Mel Gibson makes her in this movie. Was all of the hideous laughter a part of her visions? The hideous laughter? Oh, dude, those guards were yucking uh, it up. Yeah, I, I would assume, I guess. We'll get into that because it's like, it's weird. There's weird things happening there. Yeah. Um. Here's something interesting. Did you guys enjoy the fact that this movie was in Aramaic and Hebrew and Latin? Either of you fluent in those languages? No. Maybe the subtitles are what made me sleepy. It's a lot of reading. Well, originally, Mel Gibson didn't want to have subtitles at all. He just wanted it to just be... It was be... going to be in these dead languages with no subtitles. What the fuck? And he wanted the filmic storytelling to convey what was going on. That's kind of like a baller move, if I have to be honest. Him and this guy wrote the script, and then they handed it off to a man named William Folco, who translated it into these dead languages... And that's why, like, the crude language used by the Roman soldiers isn't subtitled. Hmm. And they they really chose not to subtitle a lot of things except what was crucial for you to know. Which I personally found incredibly annoying. Because I thought that, like, I thought the TV was fucking up. With, I was by like, not oh, man. showing you? I was like, oh, man, like, the subtitles must be delayed. Because, like, at the very beginning, Jesus is having, like, his prayer in the garden, and it's not subtitled. It just says prayer hmm. and i'm just like well, what the fuck is he saying like is this going to be important <laughs> it's like one of those one of those um uh deaf accommodation things where it's like and then he kneels down and he's <laughs> and then like in the scene where he's being whipped like those guards are talking constantly yeah none of it is subtitled i do have to say though like in those scenes like they're talking sure but like i definitely feel as if if you subtitle that, you pull away from Jesus' suffering in that moment. Probably, yeah, because you'd be looking at, like, what they are saying. Yeah, like, you're not looking at, like, what the point of that whole, you know, sequence is, which is that, like, this guy perseveres. He's pushing through some heinous stuff right now. I mean, we can get into this a little bit later, but I do, I understand that... This is based on the Gospels or whatever, and you, I guess we could debate all night... If, like, we believe in the Gospels or not, which is not really what I plan to do. Yeah. But I think if you're just watching this, like, as a as a non-religious viewer, once you get through the whippings, to me, I was like, that guy's dead. Yeah. I don't think anyone's coming from back from that. Nor do – I do not think that you could, like, survive the whippings. Yeah. And then carry a cross – for well, however long he has to carry it. Dude, that's why he's Jesus. I know that that is the immediate argument. Who's going to carry the boats and the logs? <laughs> I understand that that is the immediate argument. But, like, yeah. when you're watching it, you're just kind of like, damn, dude. Like, yeah. that, that's brutal. I don't think you're doing that. I don't think you're carrying that cross. Yeah. Which I guess is well, why, they have, to, like, why yeah. they have to get the other guy. But, like, yeah, his bro, Peter. That was not Peter. I thought that was Peter. No, it's they just a, it's a random bystander who has to bear the cross, like the cross for oh, him. Okay, I guess I fell asleep. That's an important part of the. Gotta say, solid dude, like solid yeah. dude. Getting Peter in on that. or uh, the guy who helped him bear the cross. Oh yeah, cool Same guy. guy. Same guy. Isn't Peter the one that like forsakes him? That's like yeah, I that's why I yeah. thought he came back and helped him who, carry the cross. The one who denied him thrice. Yeah. <laughs> thrice. <Yeah. laughs> 
So, this movie was originally titled, was going to be titled The Passion, because that's what it's based off yeah. of, the 12 hours of Jesus' life. Didn't want it to get uh, confused with someone else's passion. Well, <laughs> Miramax had already registered that title to be used on a movie that was supposed to come out. So, Mel Gibson changed it to The Passion of the Christ, and then that movie, The Passion, never ends up coming out. Oh, that's so the worst. So, they could have used that title. <laughs> But essentially, nobody wanted to finance this movie. Nobody wanted to distribute this movie once it was done. Like, this movie is entirely financed for $30 million of production cost, plus an estimated $15 million in marketing costs are done by Gibson himself through his production company. Ooh. He essentially, like, self-finances this movie. This was a passion project for him you could say that <laughs> another good one you could certainly say that God. what what do you want me to do dude you you teed me up i just you teed of, me up it's kind of fucking crazy like the dude spends 45 million dollars of his own money yeah essentially i mean i'm sure there's some taxes and stuff that kind of help him somewhere along the line sure. because he's using his production company but what is essentially his own money to make this movie and then Makes $600 million back that he has, doesn't really have to give to anybody because nobody helped him distribute this movie. That's true. It's kind of wild. I mean, good on him, dude. I don't think – I would love, like I would love if this happened more frequently. Not people, people make like movies about the passion. But like, <laughs> like if you are – Every movie that comes <laughs> out in 2024. Like, like, okay. So currently like Francis Ford Coppola – yeah. Is self-financing his movie that's coming out this year. That's cool. But he allegedly is spending upwards of like $200 million of his own money. Dang, dude. To ma- make this because nobody wanted to give him the money to do it. And so he's essentially doing himself. But like imagine like these, these fucking huge actors who – Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Tom Cruise. They take – instead of taking a fee on the movie, they take a percentage of profits on the back end. Yeah. So Tom Cruise off of – a fucking Top Gun Maverick movie probably makes, you know, 70 to 80 million dollars for that movie. Yeah. Like what what what's Tom Cruise's 30 million dollar move that he wants to make that he could just sell finance. Dude. Like you want to like, like, Tom would, Cruise think, though. Well, I'm just thinking, like, he's one of the only like actors that probably has that kind of capital. In 2004, yeah. like Mel Gibson has that capital because he's a he's a star. He's so hot right now. Well, you know, in '95 he does Braveheart. Yeah, that's true. Now the guys guys got his name out there, especially like, during Oscar season. He's already he's already done several Lethal Weapon movies. True. Like the dude, the, he's a star in 2004. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I think that would be very cool. I I definitely think that you would see a lot more like biopics because if you think about it, this is a biopic. Yeah. Kind of, sure, yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I definitely think that you see a lot more of that. It's like, I want to make a movie. This guy's life was pretty cool. Let's start going for it. But I don't foresee many people having like passion projects for like just stories that they made up. I mean, maybe. I feel like I don't know. Like, there's got to be like people talk about all the time. If you're in those circles of the internet right about like how hard it is to get smaller movies financed yeah but like well that's because like most of those smaller movies they have to sell finance like it could be doable like like a ryan gosling 
who yeah. makes however much money off of Barbie could immediately like funnel that money into something else. But like it just I, I would be curious to see like what these the big actors of today, like what their passion project is that they would funnel their own money into. Because instead, they, they they do it all through like shell corporations, essentially. Of like Margot Robbie, right? Yeah. Probably made tons of fucking money for Barbie. Yeah, because oh, she sure. took the back end deal. Mm. Probably makes tons of money. She could self finance anything she wanted to do. Could yeah. pay the money. But instead, she's like, oh no, like I'm going to start my own production company now, and then I have first look partnership with Warner Brothers. Yeah. So anything that I want to produce, they have the option to come on board and finance it with us. Like that's what they're doing. Whereas I, there's something about this that I really respect of like Mel Gibson, just like fuck it, Dude, here's, no. here's my money. I'm going to make this movie. I think that's completely cool because like I definitely feel if you're doing something like that, there are a lot of stressors and like. I'd, I'd imagine that there's a lot of procedural shit that goes in on the back end that he probably had to just like navigate himself. I mean, I'm sure being a part of the industry for so long really helped him navigate all that, especially since the guy guaranteed has a crew around him that has their heads on their shoulders when it comes to all the legal battles and like all of the financial distributions, the accounting shit, production shit. But like at the same time, like, for lack of a better term, this guy's putting his nutsack on the table That's for true. a movie like this. For lack of a better term. <laughs> right, of course. Well, I mean, just like, well, how else would you have put that? He's putting his head on the chopping block? No. It, that's a way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the guy, the guy's, he, he's fucking laying it out there, and that's admirable. And But I, not to say I condone everything Mel Gibson has done, but... Yeah, I mean, that's not really, like, a conversation I'm looking to have. People have been having it for a, a decade, like... Yeah, it's true. Or, or more than a decade, like... Let's get it out of the way. Mel Gibson said the N-word. We're not cool with that. Mel Gibson, yeah. even given the speculation as to his mental state, said that he didn't like Jewish people. Not cool with that. Yeah, We like all of them. He certainly has gotten himself wrapped up in some controversies... But that seemingly is what is over now. Like, I don't yeah. know, he got to do Hacksaw Ridge. Yep. And it seemed like that people kind of forgave him once that movie came out. There's obviously still was backlash against that movie just simply because it was directed by Mel Gibson. Yeah. And people were like, why is this man still being allowed to make movies? But I, I, I mean, these, we've these already not... seen that this guy will clearly go out of yeah. his way to make a movie that he truly wants with the Passion of the Christ. I mean, if you've. I don't. I know this probably isn't like a cool word to use anymore. Uh -oh. But like, if you've ever listened to Mel Gibson talk, like, the dude is a psycho. Like. <laughs> really? I've never listened to him a, talk. I haven't either. He's a very, like, intense, crazy person. Like, yeah? he is just very in your face. And, like, that's just, that is just how he is. Hey, man, the guy's just a flamboyant personality. From I don't really think it's flamboyant. <laughs> I think it's very much, like, the, he's just... You know, like you say this about older people all the time. Like he's just from a different generation. He's a product of his time. He's he's a product of his just time. Just let Mel Gibson be, okay? I'm not saying that. <laughs> we just gotta tolerate I'm him for the saying, time being. <laughs> I'm not saying he shouldn't have had to like apologize for the things that he's done and the yeah. things that he said, right? 
But, like, he did, and, you know, he went to rehab, and he did that stuff. Yeah. So, like, whatever. Like, I'm not interested in, in those conversations. Yeah. Lots of other people will have them. I don't really care. But as far as, like, the cinem- the cinematic aspects of it all there goes. are like There are, like, far more egregious people who, like, still make movies that people are, like, somewhat okay with. You know? Like, sure. Like, Roman Polanski made a movie two years ago. Like. Sure. Fuck that guy. Like, that guy's a rapist. Like. <laughs> what? That is information that I do not know about. Statutory rapist Roman Polanski. Why he will never return to the United States because he'll be arrested on sight. Dang. The Romans are just having a bad week with Passion of the Christ. Bad, and then bad this week guy, to be Roman. Bad, yeah. bad week to be a Roman guy. Um. So actually, Gibson's production company that fin- had used to finance this movie, they had recently constructed sets for a little-known movie that also came out in 2004. Directed by Martin Scorsese. No. Gangs of New York. Oh, yeah, baby. Those sets are incredible. So they were allowed to repurpose and reuse some of those sets in Passion of the Christ. So what you're telling me is that the Passion of the Christ is so successful because of Martin Scorsese. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) So as we discussed, you know, like it's, it's pretty admirable to put all your money on the line for a movie that you really want to make. Yeah. Making the movie is one thing. Nobody wanted to distribute this movie. Once they had it done, nobody was like, okay, we'll put our stamp on it and we'll make sure it gets into theaters. Nobody wanted to do that either. So now he spent all this money to make this movie. He has to find a way to make sure it is seen by people because he, I believe his deal is with 20th Century Fox or New Line, something like that. Um... I, don't know. I thought I wrote it down. I didn't. So he decides to distribute the movie himself. Yeah. And this is kind of where, like, he's kind of lucky that this is a movie about Jesus because he got, like, evangelical support almost immediately. Sure. And so through things like church screenings and stuff like that, like, that is essentially how this movie made a lot of its money was just through, like, support from, like, religious communities. And so they got it into theaters with the help of New Market Films, which I believe is not around anymore. Um, but yeah, they got – churches were let, like screened the movie for people. Like they made lots of money by just letting churches have access to the movie. Hmm. That's yeah. insanity. Well, so the reason nobody wanted to finance this movie was because prior to it being released, it was kind of like Joker. Remember when Joker was coming out? Yeah, and before, like a whole and before about, anyone yeah. had seen the movie, they were like, "This movie <clears throat> promotes violence against people." Like, yeah, like this movie like encourages incel behavior. And no one had seen the movie yet. It's a similar thing happens here, where before the movie even comes out, the word is kind of getting around of how violent it is, and there's lots of people that are spreading the fact that this movie is anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Which, given claims that Mel Gibson himself would go on to make, yeah, but that I was su- two I years suppose post. It's possible, but but that was two I years post. I mean, like, sure, maybe it was given a little bit more evidence to that fact, but at at the time, I mean, like, I don't based strictly off of the movie itself, would you say that there's any kind of like anti-Semitic shit in there? Well, I mean, like. 
famously the Jews are blamed for killing Jesus. Yeah. I think that's kind of the basis of their claim. And that Mel Gibson doesn't really go out of his way. I guess these, like in a larger are, sense, These are sure, the claims, yeah. right? This is not necessarily what I believe, but these are the claims against the movie. Okay. Which is that Jewish people, or people of Judeo faith more specifically, yeah. have been blamed for like hundreds of years for killing Jesus and have received kind of – these kinds of accusations from Christian people. I've gotten a lot of flack for it. Yes. And I think the basis of the criticisms for the movie were about like Mel Gibson doesn't really do anything within the movie to push back against those claims. He doesn't necessarily lean into them and it doesn't necessarily blame them, but he doesn't do anything to push back against them, which I would argue he, he kind of does, hmm. which – and we'll get into that. Sure. But that's why the movie has such a hard time getting distribution. It's because before it was ever even like ready to come out, you were getting these claims that it was anti-Semitic and a lot of these places didn't want to touch it. Well, I mean like even if the claim is still going around, like that's hot, you know? <laughs> it's like a hot potato. You know, you hold on to it too long. <laughs> oh, I thought and... you meant like that turns you on. No. That's hot. <laughs> 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 Getting hard as fuck. Oh, uh, no, I'm not. Company's not distributing <laughs> movies. That's hot. <laughs> no, dude. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. It's like a hot potato, man. If you take it on and you hold on to it, like, that could burn you. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, a hot potato. <laughs> Are you trying to say it's controversial? Yes. Which I'm is just why it's popular. I think that's the I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm trying to get creative. All right, guys, <laughs> let me have this. I do think it's kind of surprising that, like, I'm sure many uh, studios are kicking themselves for not distributing this movie, given that it made $600 million. And they probably, most of them, I assume, because they care mostly about money and not art, were like, man, we could have we could have taken some a month of backlash to make $600 million. Oh, like, I'm sure. But, like, at the same time, you know. I think everybody would have like understood. Like, sure, hindsight is twenty twenty, but That's at true. the time they were making what they saw as like the best conscious choice. Are you familiar with a film called Wolf Warrior Two? No, but it sounds awesome. Never heard of it. Wolf Warrior Two is a uh, Chinese action film that came out in two thousand and seventeen. Nice. Mm. Do you want to know why that movie is important? Uh, because it. The sequel's so much better than the original? No, it's because The Passion of the Christ was the highest grossing non-English language film until Wolf Warrior 2 comes out. Hmm. And it is now the highest grossing foreign language film. Wolf Warrior 2? Yes. Oh. Over $800 million. Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah. Good on you, Wolf Warrior 2. That's true. Is it good? Never seen it. Did, hadn't heard of the movie until I was coming up with notes for this. Coming up next week, Wolf Warrior 2. Nope. <laughs> One and two. Uh, here's some interesting tidbits. Tidbits. So, during filming, <laughs> assistant director Jan Michelini, who is Italian. This movie was shot in Italy. So, a lot of the crew is Italian. Just if you're wondering. Uh, he was struck by lightning twice during filming this movie. Oh my gosh! And Jim, you think that you think God did that? Well, J Jim God was Caviezel was also struck by lightning. Oh dang, dude! Which 
Oh, before we get to him, uh, there was a new type of fake blood like invented for this movie. Uh, they added viscosity to, to develop for Jesus's scourging makeup. It contained red dyes, fatty gums, and a stabilizing base so that like it would appear to be more gruesome like on the skin and when it would like because i noticed it too like when it drips out of his mouth yeah it's pretty bloody it's pretty thick yeah man and uh it had to be rubbed off his skin with alcohol and it made him smell very sweet for days afterward so sweet yeah that's a fun fact (laughs) let's talk about jim caviezel (laughs) caviezel caviezel how do we think he did good jesus bad jesus Okay, Jesus. Every Jesus is good, Jesus. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, he's the only Jesus I've seen. <laughs> well, do, you, do, you, do you think like, his performance was good? Um, I would say everything pre, like the actual cross carry, was really good. I think once you get to him carrying the cross, because like. Most of that is just like at that point is just physical acting and sure like oh, I think his physical acting is very impressive. Oh no, it is. It is. I'm not saying like that's bad. I'm just saying that like how do I want to put this? It's like when you have that to rely on and only the physical acting. Like yes, you can acknowledge that it is highly impressive. Especially like he did such a good job showing how anyone's physicality in those moments would be so weak. And he did a great job when he was, like, collapsing Mm -hmm. and, like, showing pain and when he was, like, yelling on the cross and saying, like, forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do and things along those lines. It was great. But before that, like, when they opened on Jesus in the garden, that um, was – it was an intense moment to just start and they rode it through beautifully, like – he did such a good job in that one individual scene. I think this is phenomenal physical acting. I think when he's on the cross is probably when he's the best because there's so many like subtle things that they do. Yeah. Like there's like they like close up on his face and like it's like right after he like asks like like why have you forsaken me? And then, like, it cuts into, like, a close-up and, like, his pupils dilate. Yeah. And he kind of, like, just goes limp. And it's just like, oh, damn, like, that is what happens when you die. Like, yeah. obviously, I doubt he can control his pupils dilating. That would be pretty cool if he could. But I, <laughs> I assume they did something there. He's like, watch this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think all of the, like, the physical stuff is what is, fair, is fairly impressive. Yeah. Because I think anybody could put on the beard and the the contacts and the long hair and they could, like, spout about how you have to love your neighbor. But (laughs) I think that, like, the physical stuff is what is difficult about this performance. Yeah. I think he does an incredible job. Well, I think his spouting off of loving thy neighbor was also very gentle. Uh, A bunch of nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) As you would assume, Jesus is very gentle. I think he did that well. He was gentle, soft-spoken, peaceful. He's washing that dude's feet. Nasty. Fucking believable, all right? That's all I'm trying to say. He definitely was. He was a good Jesus. I think he's a great Jesus. Like I said, all Jesus is good Jesus. So here are some things that happened to Jim Cavazil during the filming of this movie. He was accidentally 
whipped twice for real during those whipping scenes. Oh. Uh, which has left a 14-inch scar on his back. He There's a scene of him where he dislocated his shoulder because of the weight of the cross. That's, that scene is in the movie. Uh, he was struck by lightning when filming the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, his hair caught fire when he was struck by lightning. Uh, the scenes of him hanging on the cross were were shot in the dead of Italian winter, so he was shot up. He was hung up in like a loincloth when it was like negative four degrees outside. Jeez, I'm crow, dude. Uh, which caused him to contract hypothermia and pneumonia. Oh. Uh, and because of like the eye makeup used to create the swollen eye, which took his makeup took like roughly ten hours a day to put on. What? And they like it just gave him like incredible migraines all day long. So he's just performing with these migraines all day long. That probably added to his performance. Like, I, yeah, it sounds like he was having a miserable time. <laughs> he really, God was forcing him into character. <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten hours of makeup before you can even like start shooting the scene. That's insane, ridiculous. And then to take it off is probably just like a oh. Oh fuck! That's so good. I get to take off my makeup. That's how I feel at the end of the day. <laughs> Autumn, cue you. <laughs> uh, add on top of that that Mel Gibson, after the movie, stated that right after Jim Caviezel, Caviezel accepted the role, he, Mel Gibson immediately tried to get him not to take it implying that it would be difficult for him to get other roles after portraying Jesus Christ, to which Caviezel has stated that it has he has largely been avoided casting by Hollywood since making this movie. I mean, he was in a show. Like, which wasn't like, he even person of interest? Yeah, which, like, I, I, could, I guess I could understand and I could see that. Uh, I also don't buy it. Like, I think... He has said a lot of other really weird things that probably Hollywood avoids casting him. But he also was on like one of the biggest shows on CBS for a while. Like, like he enjoys eating asparagus with peanut butter. He is stuff. he's endorsed a lot of QAnon things over the oh, years. Oh, so not asparagus peanut butter talk. Which probably have a lot to do with why people aren't casting you in their movies. Yeah, more than the fact that you like you know p- portrayed Jesus twenty years ago. Dang, that's intense, man. But I could certainly see it to some extent of like you get pigeonholed as Jesus. And how many Jesus movies can you really make? That's true. One. <laughs> this one. <laughs> this is the Jesus movie is what you're telling me. I'll just no- say if you're going to tell a story about Jesus's life, it's not going to be about the table he made for his neighbor. I don't know. It's that probably would look gonna- <laughs> pretty good. That table, he sat on did, that. Did Jesus invent the high no, table? It was funny. It was funny because I was sitting there with my mom when that table seat was coming on. I was like, do you think he was even good at carpentry? <laughs> and she <laughs> looks like he's pretty good. Well, that's what, that's what she had. She was just like, Chris, I know what you're trying to do right now and stop it. I'm like, well, listen, like, I'm not saying Jesus wasn't a good guy. Jesus was a great guy. But do you think he was like average at that? <laughs> at least- I just got to think like – if the 10,000 hours rule applies, right? Yeah. It takes 10,000 hours to be good at something. You know, he's spending a lot of time talking about loving people. You know, how much That's time true. is he really practicing carpentry? Yeah. And it's not like you can do both the same time and really give all of your attention to one thing. Like the guy's, as we stated earlier, true passion 
was Here's a qu- like why spread did, in love. This isn't addressed in the movie, but like, why does Jesus need to be a carp like to make money? Like, what does he need to make money for? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, he's got to make a living, man. Well, he's, he's he can turn water into wine. <laughs> he, he can, mul- he's he can multiply God gifts. He can multiply loaves of bread to feed thousands. What does he need money for? The dude's not do performing miracles for profit. It's not for profit. It's for survival. I'm sure he does that. If you're only doing it to feed yourself and those immediately around you, I think God would be like, "That's a good use of that." Think it's so. not like he's he's not like he's multiplying the one loaf of bread by a thousand and then having a fucking bake sale. Like he's <laughs> he's doing go down to Jesus Bakery. He, he would be doing it like purely for himself to for nourishment to not die. Yeah. Don't you think he could make the case of like, listen, God. I'm spending a lot of time building chairs and way less time spreading the word. Hmm. What do you think is more important here? Yeah. I'm just saying. Listen, if you want to crack down on theologists now, they think that Jesus— I'm not, think I don't that think Jesus, I can even ask theologists this question. I think yeah. I just need to speak to the man himself. You got to call, <laughs> call the Here, let man. me pray tonight. Jesus, did you really not make bread for you and your family when you— <laughs> You really could? expect me to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> you have the ability to make bread and multiply fish, and you want me to believe that you're just working for minimum wage? Well, I'm just saying, if he's multiplying fish, that's some GMO-type stuff that I feel like— Maybe. —is to have the same nutritional value at that point probably yeah that means jesus performing He's miracles G- exactly yeah. you really gonna you, you want to test the quality of his food i'm not testing him i'm just i'm 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 not even really questioning him. well listen jesus i had better halibut last week than the hannaford <laughs> deli okay i'm just saying that sockeye salmon that i saw over at hannaford oh looked pretty God. good we're all getting struck by lightning. get real man <laughs> yeah kind of like jim caviezel yeah. No, I'm just saying. I, I, I it's, it's all for the joke. I bet his fish was great. Yeah, I'm sure he really oh. knew it. I'm sure his bread Pan bread seared, was incredible. Yeah, yeah. butter basted. Yeah, yeah, like sushi grade stuff. There's a theory on here about his construction and woodworking, which says likely enabled him to build relationships with people. Okay, I could see that. That see that makes sense. Oh, so so that was like an avenue. Like he used it to network. He was essentially was a door to door salesman. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Really? Dude, he couldn't he just grinded. come out. He couldn't just come out and be Jesus. He had to be like personable. He was a rise and grinder. Yeah. Rise and grind, little bro. That's what he said to all his apostles. <laughs> Luke 12, 29. <laughs> rise and grind. If you look in your New Testament, that'll be highlighted in red because it was spoken by Jesus. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap up this section of production notes here. Oh, just one section, huh? I hope he finds this funny. Jesus? Jesus? Yeah. He's listening uh, right I'm now. Sure. Or I think I meant Mel Gibson. No. I don't think he has much of a sense of humor. No. <laughs> uh, so Roger Ebert gave the film four stars, which is the highest Roger Ebert gives out. And he called it the most violent movie I have ever seen. <laughs> and he says, what Gibson has provided for me for the first time in my life is a visceral idea of what the passion consisted of. That this film is superficial in terms of the surrounding message, that we only get a few passing references to the teaching of Jesus is, I suppose, not the point. This is not a sermon or a homily, but the visualization of the central event in the Christian religion. Take it or leave it. I guess that makes sense. No, it definitely does because the the whole – I definitely pulled that Jesus suffered from this. I certainly did as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you? What yeah, parts were you asleep for? 
uh, it wasn't very long that I was asleep, but I think that's the major thing you pull from the whole movie. Considering did you that fall- is the whole movie. Is did you beaten. Did you fall asleep um, and then wake up and he was on the cross? No, no. I fell asleep uh, during the time they found the random guy to help him carry the cross. And then I woke up when they were carrying the cross. It wasn't like a oh, long okay. sleep. I see what you're saying. Just a brief nap. Yeah. All okay. right. And we'll lastly, down. in 2016... Randall Wallace, who Mel Gibson and him co-wrote Braveheart together, stated that he and Gibson had begun working on a sequel that would focus on the resurrection. Ugh. In 2018, Jim Caviezel confirms that he has received the script, and he stated, It's going to be the biggest film in world history. Oh, dang. A lot to live up to. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. And then... In July of 2023, Gibson said that he has two versions of the film. One is more grounded, while the other explores various realms and includes fallen angels in hell. Oh, wow. According to Gibson, production on the film would begin in fall of 2023. That is untrue. They started filming it last month. And it would potentially be developed into two or three movies. As of now... The film is slated to come out in February of 2025, and as of right now, it is, like, The Passion of the Christ 2. It's something to do with, like, The Resurrection of the Christ, but it's part one. Oh, so it seems so like they're planning on doing... They are making the Jesus Christ cinematic universe, so to speak. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I swear, if Spider-Man comes out of a portal, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm not going to be pissed. That sounds awesome. (laughs) No, it's funny because when the movie ended, I was sitting there looking at it and, you know, he walks out and you see the hole in his hand. And I just remember being like, Jesus, too, goes to college. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that was a big criticism people had, too, that how it just kind of breezes over the resurrection, which is like – yeah arguably one of the most fundamental things that happens in the Christian text. And people are just like, really? That's like 30 seconds of the movie? Why do it at all? Well, I guess it like begs the question, did they always intend on doing a sequel? I think they planned on doing a – I think a sequel has been in development for a long time. Yeah, but like do you think that Mel Gibson in writing and going into this movie was like not based on its success but pre-success was like – this one's going to come out and we're going to try a sequel no matter what. Or like the vision is to make a second. It's hard to say because Mel Gibson's life kind of goes into turmoil after the making of this movie. Which makes me think that this had to be a preconceived idea. And that's why it took so long for him to finally get to it. I – yeah, I mean maybe. I would be interested to know like – because I didn't look into any of this at all. I want to know like is this next one also just being funded pretty much by Mel Gibson or is there an actual like studio attached at this point? I mean, they saw the success of the first one. I that's what makes me believe that there would be a studio involved, yeah. even if it is like a small religious film based studio. Mm. But I could also see Mel Gibson be like, "I made six hundred million dollars off that last fucking movie. I'm not giddy. I'm not even telling studios that I'm making this. I'm just gonna do it." It's still if he has capital for it. I don't know. I'm sure he's getting. I'm sure, rehab's not cheap. I'm sure he's getting Kovizel at a semi-discounted rate. I don't know, dude. He was on person of interest. I think his stock is rising. Oh yeah, what was that? In like 2010. You know who loved that show? I'm guessing Mike. Mike did love yeah. that show. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I've never heard of it. It's like that one. I don't even the... remember like what the premise of that show is, but it was on for a while. Yeah, you had a couple seasons, I think. It was that one. Mike was really into that one. And the the one about the submarine that oh, got canceled shit. after one season. Yeah, fuck, dude. <laughs> he was... I remember him being so mad because it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah, and, he was... and he was like, what? I'm never going to know what happened. <laughs> dude, they were also a big fan. Of, do you remember the show Falling Skies? No, but it sounds familiar. Dude, it was like an alien invasion show starring that guy like from The Librarian. Do you remember those movies? Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Noah Wiley? Is I that like his name? That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Rat Race, too. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> they made a second Rat Race? Oh, no. Rat Race as well. Oh, oh I thought yeah. they made a Rat Race, too. Yeah, it was like they made a sequel to that. Wasn't he in the original Rat Race? In like Euro Trip? Maybe I don't know. I think I'm thinking of the right. Is it guy. the guy from Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? Is it the brother in that movie, or is he well, someone else? That's who I think it is. I think it's somebody else. Uh, the librarian. Yeah, it's him. It's the He's same in guy. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I see the librarian. Noah Wilde. Oh no, I'm thinking oh, of a White different Oleander. guy. Oh, Oleander. That was a good movie. I'm thinking of a different guy. He was in ER though. Oh. He really, they pumped a librarian movie. Dude, wow, I used dude. to love those movies. It's cool. It's just Indiana we'll probably, Jones, but we'll cover them. Cool. We'll cover them at some point. I was about to say, we had one that came out in 2004, so. What? Yeah. 20 year anniversary? Quest, Quest for the Spear. <laughs> is that, that's not the first one, is it? Uh, yes. All right, well, we'll cover that okay. this year, 20th anniversary. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> What a time to be alive. I don't know, man. 2004 is a good year. How did this not beat Shrek 2? <laughs> I think it wasn't it like directly made oh, for TNT. Dude, we got December 5th, 2004. December 5th? All right. December is going to be a busy month. I was about to say, we've got some time. <laughs> All right. Let's break down this movie. So, it opens with Jesus in the garden. Yeah. Now, this is the third time I've seen this movie. Not to mention, like I've said, my dad is a pastor. I'm fairly familiar with the Gospels. I've heard that story fucking 10 years in a row every Easter, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I still, in the opening of this movie, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I think this movie... It requires a baseline knowledge. Yeah, that's what I would say. Is that I do think it is made for people who are followers of the faith. Even though it kind of seems like you could say it's made to convert people to the faith. Even though I, I think it really? does require... Yeah, I think you could say that. Why? Um, I think if you were like wanted to show someone, right? Like if you were like, why do you believe in God? Like why do you believe in Jesus? And you're like, well, he died for us. Like he suffered for me. Mm. And they were like, okay. So like, I'm going to bring you a DVD to watch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then you handed them this and you're like... That's why I believe. Mm. I don't think. Nope. I disagree. No, I don't think that would. That's the movie I'd. I'd probably bring like Veggie Tales. No, I'd give him this. I would give him. I would give him like a singing cucumber and a sing to me. If I if I had to give. Oh, okay. I'd give him Bruce Almighty. But yeah. like, <laughs> Listen, that guy had seven fingers at one point. Um, yeah. No, I, I feel like if somebody tried to convert me to any form of Christianity and then they handed me this book, this movie and the whole thing was just full of some guy getting whipped with like razor blades. I would be like, Oh, like, 
I don't understand. Like, I, I don't even, get it. But even if you're not religious, yeah, you still are watching this movie with the baseline understanding, like that that this is the Messiah. That like this is the guy that died for all of us. Supposedly, if you believe the story, right? I don't know. Somebody may have escaped the the whole <laughs> gist of what happening is. I'm just saying, like I, you're watching the movie. Yeah. Religious or not, with that baseline understanding. Yes. Yes, definitely. So I think if you're watching that and you're like, oh, like, this is what happened. And if you have that guise of like, obviously, if if you're like a weirdo like me and you look into all of the stuff behind the scenes in the making of and like the fact that it's based on this gospel of this woman who has crazy visions because of an illness, like – most people probably don't know that. But even with that information, though, like, like it's not as if they're tr- – this movie is not meant to present Jesus' message. Like, it, yes, it does. It, it definitely does, though. It does at certain points, mm. but it's not the primary focus. The primary – I would f- agree it's not the primary focus. Yeah, like, so I think that to, to give somebody this movie isn't necessarily a conversion. It's just meant to be, like, f- like an homage to Jesus. <laughs> That's a weird way to phrase uh, I, it. No, I couldn't think of anything else. Maybe. Were you converted? Was I converted? Yeah. Not because of Passion of the Christ. Oh, I find that hard to believe. The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is Jesus. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Um, no, but it, like, it's just meant to show like an, an appreciation for his suffering, I guess. And with that being the case, it's kind of just like – not the not that the message really gets lost because everybody kind of knows some baseline understanding of what Jesus' messages was, but like, I definitely think it's very graphic and that would pull away from everything that Jesus was saying outside of the visual representation of the suffering. So, I guess I'll ask this: like, do you wish that it committed more to this idea that it's going? to be about the 12 hours of Jesus's life leading up to the crucifixion because it 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 quite honestly feels like there's an hour cut out of this movie like it truly feels like before you get to that scene in the garden there's an hour before that and we get snippets of it in these flashbacks that kind of are like well this is what Jesus was all about and i almost kind of wish that stuff was removed and they really just committed to like, we're only showing you these 12 hours of his life. Yeah. You don't get to know anything else. Yeah, it definitely feels like that would have committed to Mel Gibson's message that he was trying to convey a little more. But I think starting with the capture of Jesus, or, or I should say like the process of the capture of Jesus was the right way to approach that. Because it, it just seems as if you can't separate the idea because no matter what, people are going to expect that. And if you go without that, then you're losing a crucial element of this process and this movie. Like you can still get the the messages th- in the passion, like the forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do. But like you miss everything that leads up to that, like the, the context that shows why he's being captured, why he's being tortured. We don't really even have that. You do to an extent, like you're getting well, from the, but like the only reason you really need is provided for you within those twelve hours, which yeah. is that the head of whatever, whatever they, whoever they are, right? Yeah, the head of that religious sect of where they are in the world says, like, do you actually believe that you are the son of God? And he says, I am, and yeah. then they condemn him to death. Yes. So the only reason that's that is the only reason you really need for all of this to carry out. I guess that's true. 
I don't know. I just, that's just kind of like it's it is all that you need in order to get the process started, but it doesn't feel like that's all you need to really like understand the depth of the situation. Because without the message that Jesus provides before that, you kind of like you do get that like okay, this guy is just clearly not down with the big J. He wants him gone. He's so not down with the sickness. He's not. not <laughs> he's not. But it's just kind of like the idea that this guy is not down with Jesus is kind of like, like, sure, it can tip the first domino, but then you kind of need to see like you separating his message from his suffering when the suffering is kind of the point or the message is kind of the point for his suffering and the sacrifice that he does because of it. Do you think we need more Jesus in this movie? Pre the events of the movie? I mean, I guess it depends on what message Mel Gibson was trying to get across. Well, I can tell you. This is a movie about oh, love, right. hope, yeah. faith, and... <laughs> it's like, if this is so extensive. If, if this is... like, But this is important, right? Because like, if that is the message that you are trying to send with this movie, mm-hmm. does this movie actually accomplish that? No. See, I would agree. No, it doesn't. I don't think it, it does. It needs more Jesus to do that. Well, no, but then you forget to the next sentence. It says, Jesus died for all mankind, suffering for all of us. It's time to get back to that basic message. Like, I don't... But like, we that- could all use a little more love, faith, hope, and forgiveness. I don't think this movie gives you very much hope. I don't think this movie gives you very much love. Like, I don't... Like, I think... I think you get You can love. have all the scenes you want. Of Jim Caviezel, like, washing people's feet and telling him to love thy neighbor. Yeah. Like, those are fine, but that's 30 seconds when, for two hours, we watched this man beaten senselessly. Yeah, but I like, think- I, I don't think that you come away from that being like, whew, man, that is a movie about hope in the world. Like, you, you do not. No, but, like, at the end, like, it's supposed to – I think, like, it's, like, a singular kind of hope. Like, I think that's what the – it was a build-up to an attempt at a payoff in the end when he's on the cross and he is still praying for everybody despite everything that they put him through. I think, like, that is at least what I thought was meant to be, like, a payoff for everything that was established beforehand. Whether that landed or not, it's a different I story. Ag- I agree that that is what – they are trying to do. Yeah. yeah. I it's don't... such a small detail at the end when he's praying on the cross. It's just, I wanted more. I wanted more. Like, why does this man love us? Why is he dying for us? What's the big idea here? Let's say, yeah. Not to mention, okay. immediately saying. after, he's like, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Like, the Roman guard literally stabs him in the stomach and we watch his blood pour out all over this Roman soldier. Yeah, like they could have like they could have stopped this, this, this that that moment is literally then like undercut with a moment of extreme violence. Yeah. Which just wasn't necessary. No, that's true. That's true. I I I I gotta be honest, haven't read the Bible in its entirety. Or the New Testament, the well, Old this Testament. Is just the, these are it. just the Gospels. You only have to read the first four books of the New Testament. Yeah, I don't one. think you even have to. I mean, I re- haven't read the Bible in probably a good 10 years. No, not even 12, 15. But what I got out of church was love. And there's just not enough love in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I you don't you, have to know the Bible just 
you now definitely know. like the undercut of that stab to the side was definitely and then there was the the single drop that came from the ground and like it was said to be like a trigger for all of the uh quaking that happened mm. well i think where it's like you see it the most like where this kind of where this message like truly tries to come through but it kind of seems like they can't get out of like their own brutal way is yeah. with mary the mother of jesus with like with that character and like with her being with him being like like you are what is he like Mary, you are my mother and I'm your son. Like, yeah, like those like it's the moments like with her where there, there actually feels like there is a kind of tenderness to the movie. And then again, like it almost immediately like gets undercut, like either by her just wailing in the crowd as she's watching yeah. her son be beat to death or like watching him having to carry this cross that he cannot carry like that. He like all of his lacerations on his body that he then just falls on in the dirt. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's this so, there's so much just, I don't, I'm very conflicted about it, I guess. Cause I guess like if you don't, if you're Mel Gibson, right. And you don't come out and say like, this is a movie about love, hope, faith, and forgiveness. If you don't say that and you literally just go like, with how Roger Ebert is like defining what this moment is. Like if you're like, I'm just going to show you the suffering that he went through so that you can understand you have a visual representation of the suffering that this man went through, like for all of us. I, okay. I get that. Like, yeah, it's not fun to watch. It's not supposed to be fun to watch. And we're not trying to do anything else other than show you the kind of suffering he endured for you give like the uh, a phys uh, a visual depiction of the brutality of those events like these are the events that took place to our knowledge based on the gospels like this is what happened to him yeah and that's all we're showing but because you then come out and be like well this is a movie about love hope and forgiveness it's like no it's not maybe that's just like a personal attachment to it like it's like he sees that story and he can't get outside of the story to isolate the events enough to portray it because he sees everything before and he sees everything after those events in the making of this movie, which begs the question again, did he always expect Jesus to goes to college? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's my question. Like this would be, this would totally would not happen. Right. Uh, because religion today is even more polarizing than it was in 2004. But like, hard to believe. Do you think that this kind of works better? Like, I guess for lack of a better phrasing, like as an HBO miniseries. Like, no, you get not necessarily like, not this, not the passion stretched out for like eight okay. episodes. Oh. But <laughs> like to watch eight hours, but oh. like this, but like like the life of Jesus that leads you up to this, right? You get yeah. a much better understanding of why Judas sells him out. You get a much better understanding of why there is this tension between Jesus and the heads of the religious like affiliation in that area. Mm. You get just like you just you get the story better. Rather than just, well, we're going to tell this story of these 12 hours. Not to make like, we are, you're largely telling the story to, like, American audiences, which are 
increasingly less and less religious, so they don't know all the background information. Yeah. As we're sitting around this table, we've all kind of agreed that, like, there's gaps in here that I don't really understand and that I don't get. Yeah. It's like, I do, I just, I, you probably need that time. Yeah, sure. To, like, let's flesh it out, like, let's make, let's really understand who Jesus was. Yeah. And then, and then, like, his suffering becomes much more impactful, not just because it's a visceral experience and things that, like, are hard to watch, but because you actually, like, care and understand about him, not just as, like, a historical figure, but, like, as a character and a piece of media that you're consuming. Well, beyond that, I feel like this is, like, whether you are – whether you believe that Jesus was the son of God or not, you can still have an appreciation for what – was happening in that moment separate from any religious idea. Well, I, still, I think even if you're a non-believer, you could still be like, it's a pretty wild story. Yeah, not even just appreciation for the story, though. Appreciation for somebody who can, you know, not to, you know, get meta about it and quote its own story, but bear a cross. Yeah. Now, so it just kind of seems like anybody could watch that and be like, this is intense. Like, that is absolutely insane that a person could do that. Even if it's just based off of the idea of the gospel. Based well, off the gospel. I, I would – this is probably why it works so well like yeah. for a religious audience and why so many churches like want to show it is because they're going to hit play and then like as you are scarring the audience with things they were not prepared to see, yeah, they're going to be like, well, that's what he went through. And then they're all going to walk out of there they're going to be like – Oh my god, I'm so grateful that you did all that. Like, oh my god, an even larger appreciation. Like, yeah, like, yeah. but like, but that sort of effect probably doesn't happen to mainstream non-religious audiences. Sure, which is why you probably need more of like the background information, which is where the miniseries comes into play. HBO, get it started. Well, it's not gonna happen, but like, get lip from Shameless to play Jesus. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> is that your ideal Jesus casting? Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy Allen Jesus. White is Jesus. He could be a Jack Carpenter. Dude, let's get yeah, yeah, right. Let's yeah. get all Imagine the guys him hopping on that table, just kind of like boom. Get all the guys from the Iron Claw to be like his disciples. Whoa, <laughs> Zach Efron is Judas. Fucking Hell huge yeah. jaw, Zach Efron coming out. <laughs> I don't want your thirty silver. Yeah, he <laughs> sells out movie. Jesus. Thank God. Yeah, the Passion of the Christ. No, the Iron Claw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I never saw it. You haven't seen it yet? No, no. Oh, yet. It's very oh good. shit! Yeah, we went to I've the heard, theater. I've heard it was just so depressing. It's though. devastating. Yeah. It is, but it was amazing. Yeah. So I, I thought right because i don't know i didn't know the story of the von erics i still don't know and this is a little this is a little off topic right like i didn't know the story of the von erics but i knew that it was zach efron in a wrestling movie and i was like oh i'm sure this is gonna be like one of those like sports dramas i love sports dramas yeah so i was like you want to go see it and she was like oh zach efron's in it and he's shirtless like yeah yeah i'll watch that (laughs) yeah except it was actually way too much that was gross yeah and then we get in there and it's like the first brother dies and i was like oh okay so this is gonna be his motivation like to be the champion and it's like and then the next one and then the next one and then the next one and i was just like oh my god (laughs) this is not what i want this is awful (laughs) pretty awful yeah 
But it was a beautiful movie. It's like in The Whale, you expect to go in and just see a fat what? guy. I don't get your fascination <laughs> with, with The Whale. The Whale was so terrible. I'm so mad that The Whale is on the list and I'm going to have to watch it again. Maybe I want to watch it again to try to see what he sees. Because I don't intense. understand. I know what he sees and it's juvenile humor. <laughs> no. Of a Look man slobbering jelly on pieces no. of pizza and eating it. That's Ew, not what I find that? funny. Yeah. Jelly did. on pizza? No. No, dude, that. no. The, if there was what you find funny is a man like just jerking off to gay porn when his nurse comes in. <laughs> That's the only. These are horrible things. This is a Jesus episode. That's... We can't be talking about this. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <sighs> Forgive Ken me, Hell Father, Mary's. for I not know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Gosh, Jesus is <laughs> Jesus is tempted by Satan in the garden. Yes. And he squashes the head of that snake. Yeah, that Satan was creepy. The Satan is and creepy. And the Satan baby. Satan Ugh. was androgynous. Well, we're getting Oh, I we're looked at the that. Satan baby quote. So. Okay. Well, I guess what let's talk about. We've hinted at it. Let's get into it. This is weird because, like, it... It feels like the movie really ha- only has like six scenes. They're just very extended. Yeah, I could see that. And like, so he, Jesus is arrested and they go to like the trial where he's basically condemned to death for not denouncing that he is not in fact the son of God. He's claiming that he is. And then Judas attempts to return the money for having these, this guilt and then he's like Jesus chased so dumb. by these weird, like <laughs> demonic children, and like yeah. hangs himself. That was old, fucked. With old man faces. Yeah. yeah. So like, what That's do we? Creepy. And this is obviously like Satan's doing because like Satan is present when he's being chased by these demonic children. Again, I don't know if that's biblically accurate. But what do we think of the depiction of Satan in this movie? Because I would argue it's very important. I, I don't know. I, I didn't put, give much thought to it. I thought it was creepy. I thought he looked there's, androgynous. There's really... Yeah. I asked like, Zach. I was like, do you think that's a woman? Because <laughs> yeah. I had no I idea. I don't know who plays Satan. I guess I could look. but I think it was just the shaved eyebrows um, that gave me that. I mean, he kind of looks like eyebrows. the monk from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really understand, except for the beginning. I do not understand Satan's role. I guess I mean was that Judas's punishment was getting tormented by demonic children? I don't I don't know. Uh, I, the Satan isn't even like credited in here. Oh damn! Um, it was the real Satan. But so like the I really love when like he's in the crowd when Jesus is being whipped and it it doesn't he doesn't look like he's taking steps. It just like kind of looks like he's hovering above ground and like yeah. moving like Voldemort. <laughs> I thought he does kind of look like Voldemort. But I would argue that like <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's almost like Voldemort is religious allegory for Satan. No. I know. Oh, is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> okay, well I didn't know that. So I, don't act like this is a stupid thing to not know. I didn't know it either. Okay, to be really? honest, yeah, no, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, so don't act like we're all stupid except for you. So Judas takes the rope from the donkey, which I thought also was really cool. Judas takes what? The rope from the donkey. Oh, and hangs himself? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Not that he hangs. Well, 
I don't think it's cool that he hangs himself. Oh I just like, my god! Like the rotting donkey was cool. I hate Maggie. We are not so okay much. with suicide on this show either. That's true. Well, Judas does commit suicide in the Bible. It's biblical, right? But we're not yeah, okay fine. with. We are not okay with suicide, pedophilia, racism, sexism, all the isms. We don't like it. We are pro love. We are pro love. Unlike just this like movie. Jesus. Yeah, we joke about other stuff, but we love love. Anyways, back to Satan. <laughs> So, the movie was criticized for being anti-Semitic, right? Yeah. It was played by it a woman. It was a woman. Nice. Uh, shout out to... Rosalinda Celentano. Right. Her. Great job. Great performance. Yes. Also Italian. Makes sense. <laughs> because they filmed in Italy. Go fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly Go what you meant. Go fuck yourself. I also think Italians are the devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh again i don't know if this is biblically accurate but depend how the movie is portraying it right is yeah. that like the reason all of these people are acting the way they are is because is because satan is essentially tempting them to yeah and so like, that i would argue is the pushback against anti-semitic claims which is that it's not that he's allowing the Jewish people to take the blame for killing Jesus. He's literally implementing this figure that gives you like your way out of being like, well, it wasn't them. Like Satan was doing this. That's why he's he's a prevalent in every massive scene in the movie. Yeah, because he is he is the reason that these guards are laughing maniacally as they whip a man. Like no matter like what you perceive that person to have done, you would have to be a deranged individual. Like to be laughing and joking and like smiling yeah. with your buddies, like when you're whipping a man to that extent. And so it would have to be because, like, well, this is what this is Satan's doing. Satan is trying to unravel him for resisting his temptation. Hmm. I guess I, I never understood much of the Satan presence other than just like, not that I, it, I never occurred to me that Satan had an active presence in what was happening as the events were transpiring. Well, if you yeah. want to look at it even closer, like, this could be precisely why, at the end of the movie, he says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Yeah. Like if he is understanding that they are under this kind of temptation from his arch nemesis. Is it temptation? It almost seems like a possession. I guess, but like... And what is he tempting them An with? area of effect spell, the... to put it in Dungeons and Dragons terms. No, we're not putting it in Dungeons and Dragons terms. <laughs> Shut up. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't necessarily like possess them, but he he would have the ability to like tempt them into these things. Sure. Tempt them how? Uh-huh. I'm not Satan. I don't know. What is he tempting them with? Again, I'm not Satan. I don't know. Well, they didn't say in the movie, so I'm just curious sure, what they but being I, tempted with. But I think his presence Drugs, is, is what implies that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a small detail that we don't need to know. I can see that. Subtext. So it's a way, basically, for like, like nobody is really taking blame for what is occurring other than Satan, mm-hmm. which makes sense in a biblical sense. Yeah. Satan's a bad guy. That's what I've heard. So we're told. Mm. Yeah. Bad Two sides to every story, I would say, but. <laughs> <laughs> Get Barbara Walters in there. <laughs> we need the truth. 
Dude, I just want to point out real quick, because I found this quote, and it struck me when I was watching the movie. It's uh, John 15, 12 to 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one life for one's friends. Bros before hoes, dude. Oh, true. Jesus Chicks before does, dicks. Jesus does seem like a big bros before hoes Dude, guy. he's a bro guy. He's a bro I, guy. You know, he's pretty into like monogamous marriage forever, you yeah. know? So that would make sense. What do you mean? That doesn't relate to being a bro guy. Well, he wouldn't want you to have multiple hoes. He wants you to have like one long-term monogamous That's marriage. Yet, bros yet, before hoes yet the guy has how many bros? Quite a few. So There's quite bros. a few bros. He's so many bros. Dude, they had so many at that well, table. Judas is gone, so 11. 11 well, bros. Who is that hoe, though? Who is Mary? Peter forsake them, so 10. Who is yeah. that other girl with Mary? Mary Magdalene. Oh, and she was a hoe. Oh, whoa. In the professional sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did work for the, the district. <laughs> I like Mary Magdalene. I think she was a cool lady. Yeah, she's pretty she's relatable. Mary the, Vir- the, the Virgin Mary was also pretty cool. Yeah, I like her. I Pretty like swag. all their characters. We like the hoes. We like the bros. It's true. We love them all. Not Peter or Judas. The no. other 10. Judas cool. sucks. Why do you throw back his money, fucking idiot? Hold on. Wait, he doesn't we, really need it. We can't love them? I thought we were supposed to love them. No, Jesus has tells you to love them. I don't listen. I don't, he's not my dad. He's I don't have to do what he dad. says. Oh, my God. Dude, he is the dad. <laughs> <laughs> what is he going to do? Ground me? The I don't have to do what father. he says. He'll just strike you with lightning. God and Jesus are the dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe yours. Oh. oh. Yeah, I'll take it. My dad could beat up your dad. <laughs> I'm Who's just your picturing dad? Scott, <laughs> Scott going bare knuckle boxing against <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Like, uh, all right, dude, our our kids played this out. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> so the they bring him to this is a there's a lot of weird political runaround in this movie. That's kind of just like I think you could do without it. Yeah. I don't really think it's that necessary for you to go to Pilate, who's like the Roman governor of Judea, and then be like well, I don't think he's done anything wrong. You should go see this other guy since he's from he's from Galilee. And then you go see that other guy and he's like, yeah, I don't care. Bring him back to Pilate. And then you go back to Pilate and you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like 20 minutes of the movie that you could just yeah. cut right out. Doesn't need to be there. I was not a fan of that king. Herod? Yeah, he's a, he seemed like a pretty not a cool guy. Yeah. Is that the one that put the wig on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And had all those drunkards around him. I know. He was living his best life. Also, like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Party the, people. I don't know if the Bible says this explicitly, but I will. Pilate's <laughs> kind of a bitch. Like... <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's in the Bible. But do you agree? I mean... In do, what way? Okay. The so, guy's battling some major demons there. He, Satan's He there. just, he he oh. refuses to take a stance. This guy's a fucking coward. Oh, gosh. I mean, you have to understand, his neck was on the line with Caesar. I understand the understand. justification that he gives. I feel like he tried to give a stance. He just didn't try well, hard enough. So what he, so what he does, he right? He didn't want Jesus to go down. He doesn't want Jesus to, like, what happens to him, he does not want that to happen. Yeah. Right? So he thinks the big solution to this is like, well, surely they'll pick Jesus over Barabbas, yeah. who's oh, yeah. like murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> That's true. Dude, no. And then the crowd is like, 
Barabbas, Barabbas. <laughs> Let's just say that guy is the only one who made out good in this entire movie. So not, true. It, not for his dental plan. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, that man's leaving jail should go straight to the dentist. Besides the entirety of mankind. Barabbas is the only say, one I'm, who made out pretty good. we all made out pretty well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if it was only just everybody at the time? What if the That's sequel true. is a horror movie about Barabbas murdering again? I've, I thought about this a lot. Barabbas hits the streets. I thought about this a lot during the movie, especially when he's carrying the cross. And I was just like, it's such a bummer that Jesus is not going <laughs> to fucking murk these dudes. Oh my like, gosh! What, like what all you, these guys, like that are like to whip out an AK. Jokes on you guys! <laughs> like you're watching it right, and you're like, man, this would be the best first twenty minutes of like a revenge movie ever. And then you're like, yeah, but he's not gonna do that. No, it's really not Jesus's thing. It's revenge. not his mo. All yeah. of a sudden, you just see Pilate going like, I saw him kill two dudes with a fucking pencil. <laughs> You like have all these like sick Roman soldiers who are just like whipping him while he's trying to carry the cross and like yeah. laughing at him when he falls down. And I was like, man, I can't wait for Jesus to get his fucking blade and slit your throat. Oh my and gosh, it's like, dude. He's not gonna. <laughs> no, That's, not. This is not that kind of movie. He's not gonna do it, no. Yeah, Jesus is all love. And he would have like hugged him and been like, it's okay. I we're, feel- we're cool now. No, no. And I'm gonna be like, you should shoot him in the face. I kill him with kindness. Live the life Jesus did. Yeah. <sighs> Sure. That's what we're supposed to do. Hey, Zach. I love you, bro. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so the crowd chanting for Barabbas to be released, right? This yeah. is biblically accurate. This is what happens. So I'm told. <laughs> but like, a little hard to believe. Do, like... I guess. Oh, dude, there was that was that was mob mentality at a certain point. If they well, didn't I guess have like that... in the in the confines of like being a good Christian, right? Because I guess I I don't really know what that means because uh-huh. I haven't read the Bible or anything like that, right? Like I know the basics, I know the Ten Commandments, but like, is it really like better to have killed a bunch of people than like to claim you're the Son of God? Like, is that really worse? I than having killed a bunch of people? Well, I think that was kind of the point, though. Like, I don't think that was just meant to be kind of like a look into Pilate in that moment. But it was just kind of like to show that that dude who had the staff, you know what I mean? The guy with the, the, the hat, yeah. the, the cool hat. Um, he was like, crucify him. And then once <laughs> he said that, everybody else was like, yeah, crucify him, crucify him. Like, <laughs> just, They do sound like... Hobbits. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, though. It's like kind of like, like this guy is leading a hot crowd at that moment. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but like, I don't know. It just seems like, like really, like, you you want this man back on the street for real? Oh, nobody wanted him. That's why they were spitting on him when he was going by. He was doing like a pump up the crowd, like you know, <laughs> waving his arms up, like keep yeah. going, Barabbas, so, And th- this is why I think Pilate is really a bitch. Because he like sentences <laughs> Jesus to be beaten, right? He explicitly states like, beat him, but don't kill him. Yeah. Right? But then he makes this big grand statement of like, whatever happens to him, well, I guess this is after Jesus is beaten, but he makes this grand statement of like, do what you want with him, his blood's not on my hands. And it's like, 
it actually is. Yeah. It actually is on your hands. You are releasing him as of right now. But I think you was- could be like, nothing else is going to happen to him. He's free to go. Well, I think it's- And he does it. He gives them over to the mob and then is like, that's not my problem. Well, he talked to Jesus. And what was it that um, Jesus said to him in that moment? It was, um, oh, it was yeah. like, your sin will, like, he's like, you are not the greater sin in this circumstance. So I think that was yeah. like Jesus' way of absolving him in a way. Like, not absolving him in a complete sense, but kind of just, like, I understand that what the pickle that you're in is, is like, it's either my life or it is your life and everybody in a lot more lives. And they make it pretty clear. It's either they have to – he has to give the demands of the mob and give them Jesus or there's going to be a war. Yeah, exactly. So I think that Jesus in that moment – it kind of seemed, at least to me, that he understood – the kind of nuances, the political nuances that were happening in that moment. So that was kind of his way of being like, it's still not great, but I get it. And I'm kind of like not giving you a pass, but I'm kind of being understanding towards you. Yeah. Well, and Jesus has to die either way, right? So how would he want to die with a bunch of people getting in a war or this way? Like he was sent to earth to die for our sins. Oh, I I think this is a Chad move by Jesus, but I don't think it makes Pilate like (laughs) less of a scumbag. I can't believe he just called Jesus a Chad. I know this. Hey, this is admirable behavior. This is why (laughs) he's the leader of a religion. Yeah, man. He's like, hey, I absolve you. Do what you have to do. I get it. Dude was rising and grinding. Like, I I get it from his perspective, but I still think, you know, if you're Pilate, I still think you should take that one on the chin and be like, hasn't enough happened to this guy? Like, no, I'm letting him go. Well, he said that. He said that. He yelled to the crowd. He was like, are you not entertained? Well, (laughs) do you see how hurt this man is? You still want him crucified? Are you kidding me? Dude's eye is puffing out like he just got socked in the eye by Francis Ngannou. Are you kidding me? Here's one thing that I don't really understand. And this is more of just like, law at the time and you're gonna go to law school so i, I was hoping you could tell me <laughs> okay <laughs> what sort of crime is punishable by crucifixion because i would assume uh. <laughs> it it has to be like the worst of the worst uh, fucking literally crime. nothing anymore i was about to say i don't think that crucifixion is still around at least in the united states <laughs> really yeah oh, you can't crucify people anymore <laughs> It says in the Bible what the other two guys did, but I, I think don't they remember. were thieves. Yeah. Were they just thieves? I think so. Okay. Which leads me to believe, like, you can get crucified for stealing. Yeah. Well, I couldn't help but notice that their their uh, kind of yokes were a lot smaller than Jesus. Like they were. Just, well, I think they were. They tried to make an example out of him. Out of Jesus, right? Well, there's a reason mm-hmm. he's put on the cross. Yeah, his those cross other was guys are too. just like well, they were on a cross too. But no, his cross was no big. because they they just they don't have the top part. Like they just hang. Oh, I thought they, they weren't were on a cross hanging. Too. No, their feet were tied to a post. Yeah, yeah. It, they were tied to the post, and their hands are nailed to it. But they don't have like like in theory. There's no like right. Like Jesus has a headrest, head. right? For yeah. lack of a better term, <laughs> for lack. Of so you're telling me they were phrase. cutting them a break? No, <laughs> the because the cross is symbolic. Like that's why he was placed on one. Yeah. where the other yeah. ones are not. Like, like they, they don't were, get. They the were mocking rest. him. Yes. Was the they cross, was the cross a symbol before the the crucifixion? I'm pretty sure the cross has been a symbol like. For a long time. I thought the cross was because of the crucifixion. Like that's a symbol of Christianity because of the crucifixion. That's May- what I would maybe. assume. I don't, I really I don't, don't remember. Know. Oh. But I would assume that's why he <laughs> has know. it and they don't. That's true. Because yeah. they are attempting to make 
like a show out of him and they are mocking him. Yeah. And they, that's why they like they laugh and call him king of the Jews and give him the crown. Yeah. The crown was looked like painful. It looked very painful. Yeah, I would assume a crown well, of they thorns did isn't comfortable. Beat it into yeah. his head, yeah. Yeah. And then they yeah. yeah, and then they hit him. Let's yeah. just say that dude on the cross, he really pulled a last ditch effort trying to get it into Jesus' good side at the very end. Well, yeah, we, and we he don't did need to get, too. Yo, we he, don't we don't need to get into that. It's like if I can okay, literally well. wait until the last second. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying he pulled an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary at the very end and it paid off. Yeah, Jesus was like, "Yeah, son, you'll be there with me." Unfortunately, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> what do you mean, unfortunately? Now, unfortunately, I think I'm the other guy. And I'm the, the, like, oh, like, oh, you're the son of God? Why don't you fucking get down then? Get down, bozo. Yep, that is you. Jesus had the long And then my eye play. gets, like, plucked out by birds. Yeah, that would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, at least you know oh who God. you are. I know who I am. You yeah. know who you are before you're on that cross, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God. Time to change. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest. I think I'm just some guy walking I thought, around town. I literally thought you were about to say you were Jesus. <laughs> no, dude. I'm not Jesus. I'm just some or guy. Or I thought you were going to be like, if I was there, I would have stopped it. <laughs> I would have stopped it all. I wouldn't have let him that happen to him. Put the guy down. <laughs> oh, man. I think I'm Pilate's wife. Pilot's the girl wife, who's like, yeah, yeah I hand Mary the towels and then I go back to my throne in the castle. And she's kind of like, mm. no, don't do that to him. He's good. Yeah. And then she kind of just like watches. Yeah, that's yeah. me, right? Like, ah. <laughs> Shit, they did it anyways. Bummer. I gave his <laughs> mom totally some. totally me. <laughs> I gave his mom some linens. I've done all I can do. <laughs> what else am I supposed to do here? <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm just some guy wandering about town being like, dude, I'm tired of these parades. <laughs> You know who? You know who Jesus is, dude. I'm sorry. I know that's a really bad like, thing to say. I'm just saying, like in Old Town, when they had all the parades, dude. Old Town has Old Town, Maine has so many fucking parades. You're just like wrap it up, dude. No, I'd be sitting in my apartment on the third floor, and all of a sudden, I would hear at seven in the fucking morning. Little do I know, there's a Girl Scout troop walking down the road, throwing candy at all the side things. I'm like, I'm just trying to get some fucking sleep, my man. Yeah. I mean, in this movie, it kind of seems like Jesus is kind of like uh, Jokic, and then he's kind of yeah. he's carrying the team. It's true. If Christianity is the team, he's carrying it, and everybody else is just letting him down left and right. Yeah, man. They won't stand up for him. Home. They won't like make a case. It's literally, to, like, humanity. But then he's got a brief. Uh, Jamal Murray will come in and have a great game, like that lady who tries to give him some water. Yeah, that's true. You know oh I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. You know he has Jamal, assistance. Jamal Murray will put up thirty, and Jokic yeah. only has to put up thirty. He only needs to pull a double double instead <laughs> of a triple need to do double. A triple double that night. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Barbarus is released, and yes. he's Jesus is sentenced to be beaten. Yes. Uh, I believe it's forty lashes. I could be wrong about that. Jeez, they went way over but forty. I, I, yeah, whatever I do it like, was. I and then I couldn't keep up with their count. I I didn't understand the language. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Google translating the numbers. Once he's getting beaten. I'm curious what you guys think. For me personally. I think this is the hardest scene to watch. Dude, when that chunk gets yeah. ripped out. Yeah, that, one of those like, first couple slashes. Gross. No, no, like when they like when they switch. 
they switch to not to the, the thing. They switch to the one like with the barbs. They yeah. and you get the one like from the side profile, and it, and it like, like catches into his skin, and, and it, they rip it out. But I don't understand because like you Ooh. see the tear happen as they're yanking, like that's fucking crazy. Yeah, I think this is the hardest part to watch. Yeah, but thinking about it, I still don't think it's the most violent movie I've ever seen. Well, we can. T- I guess let's talk about that. Like, hmm. so there's a huge backlash to this movie because of the violence. Yeah, and they think it's way over the top and unnecessary and bloody and gory for no real reason. Well, I mean, the but dude's I, I think cut up. Like, I feel like that's yeah. But like, hello, saw one through a yeah, billion. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, way I, worse. I remember this being like way worse. Yeah, and I think it's because through no one's fault but my own. I've desensitized myself to a lot of this. <laughs> Where's the little Asian girl that's going to crawl up from around the corner and go, Dude. hello, Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would have really amped things up. <laughs> maybe maybe things are just different up. now, but like, I really feel like, I feel like now, especially, there's a whole subgenre of people who like, you know, that's why they would watch a movie. Yeah. It's because of how like gruesome and violent. Like, I think about like, that was the selling point to a movie like Terrifier 2. Like oh, that scene in that Terrifier movie. 2 where he's like skinning that girl, like that is way worse than anything that's in this movie. So yep. the Passion of the Christ could have a really sick cult following. Well, I think it, <laughs> probably, sh- it probably could have won a, a bunch of like Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, maybe things were different in 2004. I don't think so. I mean, I still think movies were fairly violent in 2004. When did Saw 1 come out? 2004. Say. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. there so you have it. Consistent yeah. With the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't even think, like, Saw 1 isn't even that violent. Dude, the guy saws his own leg off. That is that is the part. I mean, yes. it's really yeah. just the beginning, though. But like, it's Saw not even... Saw 2 3. It's certainly not shit. as, like, gruesome as the whipping scene in this movie. That's true. Or, like, literally, like, watching his hands get nailed to a piece of wood. But you don't see the penetration. You do for the first hand. How no, you see the, you see the nail, like, like kind of, like, poke the skin, but you don't actually see it go through. Yeah, yeah that, that, too. Like, the guard literally, like, ripping his arm out of place so that he, they can hold it down. That's true. Yeah, that's that pretty nasty. True, yeah. So that maybe at bad. the time it was the most, like, gruesome movie, but well, nowadays, I'm wondering, it's, like, oh, Jesus, really nothing. I'd like to play a game. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, they both came out in 2004. It's the wildest crossover of all time. Saw 15, <laughs> The Passion <laughs> of Jigsaw. <laughs> Saw 9, Jerusalem. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I'm wondering if like the historical component to it plays a factor. Because I'm wondering if like knowing that this was violence essentially done to an actual person... That we know of and we like, that like we're all familiar with is different than seeing it done to made up characters that we don't know and that we will never know. No, I mean I definitely because everybody knows Jesus was a guy. Sure, he really existed. It would be kind of like if they showed something as gruesome for for like it'd be like watching Lincoln get assassinated. Yeah, like getting his brains blown out from behind. It would be like because because or, wa- or like in yeah. Jackie when like the JFK assassination happens. Yeah, and she like goes home and goes into the bathroom and she's got like blood and brain all over her. Yeah, and she's like washing it off. Yeah, like I think that is slightly more horrific. I mean, like knowing than some- 
saw 10, which is just gross. Yeah. Knowing something really happened like that. Because, like, that shit happened. Right? Yeah. So they say. So they say. So they say. So that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, knowing something happened, like, kind of like that, even if, like, you know, like, I believe that that happened. So, like, knowing, for me, that that happened is kind of, like, it makes it a lot more visceral. Having a, lot- a be- having a belief in something makes it a lot more visceral. Well, I also think, like, the score is a big component. Like, this is a phenomenal score. That's true. And I, I do think, like, the score in these scenes is pretty balls to the wall. And it's pretty heavy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, this just looks fucking miserable. Like, I wouldn't enjoy this at all. Yeah. No, no, he didn't either, but. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, he did not. I just, I I, I think this is also an interesting scene because I I kind of think this is where the movie breaks its pacing. Because I think up until this point, it's pretty like. Yeah. One thing after another is kind of happening. Until he hits the road. And then once you get to the part where he has to carry the cross, you still have a – because I pause it to pee. And you still have about 40 minutes left and not that much plot left. Yeah. Like at that point, well, it's just – get it's more car- flashback at that it's point. It's carrying the cross, being nailed to it and hanging there for three days. There's more flashback though. There's more of like Jesus yeah. with his friends like – Jesus getting a bro Chilling. dinner. Yeah. I just I I do feel this scene feels pretty long. I don't really know how long it is. I guess I could have clocked it, but like this one feels pretty long, but I the carrying the cross feels especially long. Well, I mean, he falls like three different times yeah. and then it's always a dramatic kind of like the, get up back onto the cross I think kind like, of thing. The first time is super effective where he like falls backwards like on like his back hits like the Mm. post and he like falls over it because then you're like oh dude he's falling on all those cuts on his back he's like death's gotta hurt real bad and he's getting all of those dirt into his wounds and they don't have neosporin in (laughs) jesus's time and it's like he's risking sepsis right now he's playing with fire this dude is like you know he should be thankful that he's getting crucified because he's getting horrible infections yeah. throughout yeah. his whole body. The healing process would be so nasty. Yeah, it would. No, but like I, I don't know. Was that the first time he fell? Was that kind of the the big crescendo for his mom? Like when she kind of like charged him. Was that the first time he fell? The first time he fell carrying the cross? Yeah. No, that's like the second time because that's when they bring in – and it's not his mom either. It's like some woman. No, no, no. Not the water. Like when um, she was with one of Jesus' disciples and was like, get me as close to him as possible. Oh, yeah. I think that is the that's first That's the first time because like there, he meets somebody at every single time he falls. The first time he falls, he sees his mom again. The second time he falls, he gets the water – uh, the attempt at the water cup from that lady and then the bystander helps him carry the cross. And then the third time he falls is like at the top of the mountain. Right. Well, that second time you have like the Roman guard who's like kind of just trying to talk some sense into them. It's like yeah. he's like getting kind of bored with this. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like he clearly can't carry this. Like yeah. why do you keep making it? I see. I got sympathy from him in that moment though. Oh, I think it's more just like, let's get this show on the road. I think from the guy on the horse. I think it's like, we've got three crucifixions to do today. This is going to take some time. (laughs) Well, it's just you get that guy and there's like a couple. um, 
from pilot from the guy on the horse and there was like one other guard i feel like you get some sort of for lack of a better term at least uh like self-reflection like even if there's individual brief self-reflection moments from all three of those characters everybody else is kind of just like uh blundering drunk people that are whipping him for fun but then these three guys are kind of like looking at jesus like this is clearly not good at all like the guy who stabs him in the side you get a lot of kind of just like shock and awe moments from him at the very end so there were a few scattered throughout that is i don't remember who it is but i know that he is somebody from like i don't want to say catholic mythology so that makes it sound like it's fake but like lore catholic lore from catholic (laughs) doctrine like that is somebody and he ends up like going on to like believing and like trying to convert a bunch of people within that like the with, guy who with, pokes him in the side the guy who like pokes him yeah. in the stomach okay. yeah Damn. he is somebody i live in that town yeah dang dude imagine being able to say you were there yeah i mean imagine being judas imagine being the reason this happened that's true he knew jesus knew though that it was judas that's, that it was judas gonna was gonna betray him both yeah. I don't think he knew the events as they were going to happen. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's like prophesized. Is it? I think so. I think he's, I think it mentions – because Peter mentions like the, after the third time that he denounces of being his follower that like he then sees clearly that like, oh, shit. They said that this is what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he had future sight. I don't know about that. I mean I don't know. I don't know either. You're asking me biblical questions when all three of us have been like, haven't read that book in like 15 years. That's true. <laughs> Jesus, you were awesome. I like, I don't know. I don't understand though. Understand what? I like, I was watching the movie. I don't understand why Jesus had to die for our sins. Like what was the whole, and now we're supposed to live our lives for him. Well, yes, that's like, not really touched too, on in the movie. No, that's it. That's a more deeper. It's just <laughs> uh, since I stopped going to church, I'm like plagued by the the idea of death and like going to heaven or hell. But I'm just watching this. I'm like, why did Jesus even have to come to earth to die for our sins? And like, I don't get it. Well, because we were we are flawed people. Naturally. We're yeah. born sinners. But why, like, why? Like, why did he have to die to save us? How does that save us? So we get to live because well, he I, died. I don't think he has to. I think he, like, chooses to. I don't know. Because, like, like, the guy on the cross, like, is right. Like, if he wanted to, he could just get himself down. Yeah. And then, like, prove that he is who he says he is. But then that defeats the purpose. Of, like, believing. Because the point is that, like, yes, I could do all the things in the world to prove to you that I am who I say I am. But that doesn't help you. Like, you need to believe in something that is bigger than you. And if you need to see it to believe it, well, then you don't believe. Hmm. And so, like, he doesn't have to die because, like, he could just – I think I think it's, like, along the lines of, like, he sacrifices himself. He goes through all of this, and then that is when God is like, you did this for those people that they didn't – they didn't even deserve it. But because you did it, we are, they are, like, forgiven. So we're allowed to live. Right. But we're supposed to live for him. 
Well, in return, well, I guess I mean, we're in in accordance to his teachings. I guess if a guy sacrificed himself for me, I might take what he said a little seriously. I'm gonna write a doctrine of heinous things and then like die for you. Then you're gonna be like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do what he wants now. No, dude, the moment that you get near confirmed as Jesus Christ, oh, I don't plan to be good. I don't think anybody That's not should. My plans. I don't think anybody should plan. Do you think Jesus planned to be Jesus Christ? Well, doesn't he kind of know the whole time? They're not his baby. This is true. What does he know? As it's a baby? not like he woke. He's not like he like opened his eyes as a baby and was like, "Fuck, that's what I'm doing." <laughs> huh. I, yeah, I guess. You think he went through the terrible twos? Definitely. How bad do you think Jesus' terrible twos were? What do you think Jesus' teething process was like? Oh, he was chewing on, well, he became a, you know, a general contractor. You think he was much. just chewing on wood? That's how, yeah, he, that's how he found his natural proclivity yeah, man. to he, carpentry? He was just grabbing, like, wooden spoons, and he was just like, ah, it's like, oh, this is pine. And like, then, <laughs> get that guy a set of tools. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I get the significance to a lot of it. Like, the woman that brings him water, like, that is, so, like... Who that and she like wipes his face like that is somebody from Catholic doctrine as well. Uh, a lot of the like the imagery in the movie is based off of, like really famous paintings too. Like there's a lot of that, and I get that it's all like biblically important, but I guess like this is kind of what I would argue is the problem in the movie, which is that like it's very concerned like with biblical accuracy or at least to some extent. Like, portraying things as they happened and seemingly, like, less concerned with, like, narrative structure where it's just kind of like, man, dude, I don't need to see Jesus fall four times, you know? Yeah. Like, I kind of get the emotional weight behind that, like, that first time. I mean, I would say And then you could, like, cut to the mountain. Well, but then I feel like I would argue that, like, adherence to the text is a lot more important to this than, say, a movie like, you know, twilight well i don't know if i'd choose that one <laughs> pretty important text no it's true it's true you're right thank you stephanie myers i'm not even like i'm not like saying that like like i'm saying at the end of the day you are making a movie yeah you're making a movie that has is already hit the two hour mark hmm. and you're making one where you've already made people sit through some pretty hard things to sit through yeah, man. Maybe cut them a break here. I don't know. Jesus wasn't cut a break. Uh, yeah, I Why get that. Why should you? I get that. <laughs> but like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like after I guess. The, after the first fall, I think you understand the emotional significance of that. Maybe he just and, and the suffering involved. Like, maybe that cut was the audience some slack. Maybe that was and intentional. Don't make them watch the next three falls. Mel Gibson was just like. These suckers need a little taste of what this guy went through. Let's make it like 15 minutes longer. That's certainly an argument you could make <laughs> that he did do that. Because then it's like they get him up there. They nail him to the cross. Yeah. They hang him up. Yeah. Or position him. True. And then he's hanging there. Not doing much, really. What can you do? <laughs> The other <laughs> you can't you can't do no you're right you can't do much. I, I guess I didn't know this. Do you know the most common cause of death from hanging on a cross? Uh, choking on your own blood. Sunburn. 
That's a good guess. Heat it's, stroke. It is. It's, it's asphyxiation Almost. because of because of how you are hanging. It in, just creates so much pressure on your chest that eventually you just like choke. Wow. I saw. I I, I I looked it up because I wanted to know how long Jesus was on the cross, and they three said days. he wasn't on the cross for three days. Wasn't he? It's in the Bible, isn't it? No, he, they, I would assume. I thought he was on the cross for six hours. No, it's definitely longer than a day. I thought it was six hours, man. Let's look it up. Um, excuse me, Jesus. How long did you hang on the cross? Did you just hear a booming voice. Hello, my child. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the cross. <laughs> Oh, nine hours. Nine hours? Nine hours. That's a whole work day. That was a little long. It's a whole work <laughs> day. Dude, that was a big day at work. <laughs> wow. And I complained about a nine-hour shift at the deli. Oh, dang. He, well, oh, this is his death at the ninth hour. So maybe it was only six. I don't know. I, I thought he was up there for days. That would suck. Well, if you're dead. Maybe they just left him hanging there for a few days after he died. I, I, I guess that's possible. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe I'm thinking of like his time in the tomb. Well, his time in the tomb Jesus was definitely Jesus' cool down days. period was uh, three yeah. days. I think he woke up. Before like, he comes back, guns a-blazing. Well, I want to know if it took him three days for to come back or if he just like woke up a day and a half into it. It was like, all right, let's just stretch this out a little bit. <laughs> what if he like, woke up on the third day? With like an AK-47. He was like, pilot, <laughs> I'm coming. A fucking pencil. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus is just the next John Wick movie. That's he, what Passion of the Christ 2 is going to be. He puts his hair into a man bun and he's just like, let's go to work. <laughs> <laughs> this is That is a criticism. The film gets nominated for best Oscar for best makeup. Yeah. Jesus' beard is pretty well sculpted for this time period. <laughs> you want me to believe that? You mean to tell me this guy wasn't getting trimmed before he got out? What, what, what is this, this guy going to the fucking sport clips? <laughs> getting trimmed up? Man. Does that count Celtics as makeup? Doing, he's sitting it's there hair. getting trimmed up. He's like, Celtics it would count as It would count as makeup. Oh. What? Hair? Well, I asked if it counted as makeup. Oh, yeah. It's hair. Well, I, I mean, I, I would assume... like, It depends on how it's attached. Like, if that's. Fit, like his grown hair, right? Yeah. Like that's his beard. Maybe not. I would assume for makeup they mean like the lacerations, which do look pretty fucking gnarly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And and Judas's lips. I don't know if oh. you guys noticed that he needed some chapstick, but I did. <laughs> that guy needs some blistex pronto. <laughs> this man needs some medical grade lip reliever. <laughs> they didn't have blistex or neosporin. Ooh. Thankfully, he's rough. got 30 silver pieces. He can hit, hit right over the CVS and get some. <laughs> too many threw him away. Oh, gosh. You think the guards were picking him up after they left? Oh, for sure. Yeah? No, they left him there. They, they're too rich to care. That's true. I don't think guards in the Roman army are that rich. Not the Roman army. It was like the, the temple military. Hmm. Maybe one of them. Because they had their own like, like military regime, right? I don't I guess. know. I don't know. They're probably all walking away together, and one guy slips back and steals. The if you're the leader, right? Like, I'll catch up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the one that like condemned Jesus to death, yeah. How do you feel? Like, do you, like, like, are you? Like, huh? I guess I don't understand because it seems like near the end of the movie. Yeah. It kind of seems like he feels bad about it. Well, after the temple, you know, kind of cracked in half. I'm sure he was just like. This like, can't be good. Like, what have I done? Yeah. 
He just goes up to him and starts doing CPR. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> for like, for as long as like this ending is kind of dragged out, like it doesn't really feel like you get much closure with any of these characters. Well, because the story's not finished. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't think true. you're supposed to get any closure. Yeah. But like. You get a, you get a cliffhanger. I guess you get the scene what? like. What? Jesus steps up again? He's alive? <laughs> I guess you do get the scene <laughs> with him like coming down off the cross. And, like his mother is there and Mary Magdalene. And, yeah. Like, I, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's kind of just like, you know how in most biopics you get like the where are they now? Uh, dude, yeah. no. I was expecting once you see Jesus start, like, the rock turning, all of a sudden you hear, don't you forget about me. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus would go on to be resurrected three days later and like, convert thousands of people. He went on to Penn State University. <laughs> and Mary, Mag- Mary Magdalene game. found love and now has a very quiet life in the San Bernardino <laughs> County in California. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang oh jesus has to have a sense of humor i'm sure he does oh he definitely does yeah it's mel gibson i'm worried about <laughs> you think he's gonna hear this <laughs> fly up to wherever we are i'm not telling you mel good luck i'm just saying <laughs> We have tens of listeners, and I'm sure one of them is yeah. Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are some good God-fearing people. <laughs> and that is how it ends. Jesus comes back. You get the hole in the hand. Yeah. Who's excited for the sequel? I probably am going to watch it. I don't know if I can watch it, honestly. Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it either. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to go to church before I do, but I'm going to watch it. Why <laughs> are you guys in? No. no. <laughs> I, ugh, I don't know. That brings that stirs up a lot of stuff in me. Yeah. Like I take... Me I too. Know. Excitement. Ooh. <laughs> butterflies. It's, <laughs> it's interesting because like, I do think that like this is a very like powerful and difficult movie to watch yeah but i don't know if like i get to the end and i'm just like whoo jesus hell yeah i'm in maybe that's just me yeah man i left there staying amen like i do think i think the movie works i think it's a i think it's a little confusing but once you kind of settle in yeah you i guess a lot of it becomes unnecessary yeah like like the backstory like once you kind of are really into I guess once he's being whipped, you're kind of like, I know kind of how the rest of this is going to go. Yeah. But getting there is a heck of a ride. Yeah, that's how we would describe it, I think. (laughs) It's like, oh, that day? Man, I almost forgot that that happened. (laughs) (laughs) What a trip, man. (laughs) Okay, so do we think... Do we think that this movie... We kind of touched on this a little bit, but is this excessively violent? Like, could should they have cut some stuff out of this? For what Mel Gibson said this movie was supposed to be about, yes. That's fair. I wish we had clocked it because it really felt like 20 minutes of whipping and I could have done with maybe 10. It does. It does kind of feel like it does get to a point of like, 
like it's, misery porn. It's hard it's to like, watch. Like, why yeah. am I watching this? You know, like yeah, we get the point. Like, I, I, I get the point, and then you just you just keep going with it. Quit nailing at home. Quit oh. beating a dead donkey. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they had cut the whipping shorter, then the three falls would have been less painful. Yeah, because I, I like there's in the last probably hour there's not a lot of like story beats that you have to hit but it's a lot of time just spent with like he whips he gets whipped he gets the crown of thorns he falls down watch he falls whip, down again whip, watch me <laughs> nay nay oh a lot of whipping and nay nay dude that guy nay nays like crazy oh god and then yeah it just it just feels by the end, it's just kind of a grueling experience. Yeah. And then it that is what I think ultimately forces you to walk away being like, this is not a movie about love and hope and faith. No, oh, yeah. Because like, like you said, the adherence to the biblical accuracy kind of scored an undercut towards the payoff in the end that was supposed to be about like love and forgiveness. And that, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's like a large section of – like religious people that appreciate like yeah. the adherence to biblical accuracy. But I think at a certain point you have to recognize that you're making a movie and it has to be like designed for people to watch. Yeah. And I think this is more designed with biblical accuracy in mind over, well, what are people going to like watching? Yeah. Not that anyone's going to like watching this. Yeah. No, but, but it's, it's more effective from a point from a church standpoint if you already know the story you already believe in jesus and have that love yeah i guess that's like watching it from our point of view this morning i was like not that i don't know the stories of jesus but i'm like what the fuck like this was it didn't affect me at all i mean it's gruesome like a been there, but done that kind of thing i guess yeah kind of like i already know this the story how, how many how many times can you really listen to the same story, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I, just, I don't really before. know what I believe anymore. So when I watch it, I'm like, She's laying okay. on the couch. She's like, oh, <laughs> I literally fell asleep, you guys. Picture, <laughs> I just picture Autumn sitting on a pew next to me and be like, spoiler alert, he comes back. <laughs> oh, Jesus, at it again. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine, like, Imagine it doesn't end with the resurrection, like the credits start rolling and it's like a stinger, mid credit <laughs> stinger. You just get the tomb opening. <laughs> Jesus standing there, one AK-47 in each arm, just going like, let's do this. <gasps> I would love to see that. I would have loved to have seen Jesus kill a lot of Roman soldiers. I know you would have. I loved seeing him forgive. Yeah, whatever. That's so dumb, dude. <laughs> you're the guy on the. You're the other guy on the cross. All right, totally. we've already gone over this. Yeah. <laughs> just get yourself down, son of God. <laughs> dude, imagine like, could you, do, dude? Just imagine the look on those religious leaders' faces when he just like jumps down, yeah, and man. then slits their throat. Oh my god! Just like gosh. jumps down and is like, <laughs> can't catch me. Dead. <laughs> imagine be like. Oh fuck! Yeah, man, that'd be pretty wild. I think he'd be heal cool. himself first. He jumps down, heals himself. All the cuts are gone. Yeah, he heals and the Roman he soldier in the garden. Up. That's true. Heals yeah. heals the ear. 
Yeah, yep. he's Jesus. Don't I mean, I guess like <laughs> Mel Gibson, like does have a proclivity towards violence. Like he does like to have things be violent in his movies. That's true. Like Hexall Ridge is pretty violent. Braveheart is obviously violent. Dude, you but just see know. it cut to, to first person, and then you see him cast a restoration spell in his left hand and destruction fire in his right hand. His stamina is getting pretty low, though, because he's been sprinting up a mountain the whole entire time. He is not sprinting, I assure you. No. Don't worry. Once he gets to the top of the mountain, he'll meet Parthenax, and Parthenax will take care of him, dude. Uh. Skyrim lore. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, glad I revisited it. Yeah, me too. Can't wait for the second one. Yeah. I'm glad I watched it. You Could know? have done without it. 20, uh, 20 year anniversary. 20 year anniversary. Yep. 20 years of getting down with the Lord. I don't know if there's many people out there going to revisit this for the 20 year anniversary, but I mean, it is kind of like an important movie. Yeah. For lots of people. Yeah. For the career of a man that I've always admired, Mel Gibson. It's an important movie. Because he does from here, he goes on to make another fantastic movie told entirely in a dead language, Apocalypto. Never saw it. Would be his next movie. Never heard of it. You've never seen Apocalypto? Never heard of it. Oh, my God. It's about like a an Aztec tribe. Yeah. It's very good. That's pretty cool. It's very good. Hmm. Love it. I love that movie. I'm going to ask my Christian friend, Jared, what he thinks of The Passion of the Christ. I would be interested. I'm interested in what uh, religious people feel about this movie. Hmm. Let Zach know. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a religious individual, we apologize for the jokes. It's all good fun. Uh, But we are curious how you feel about The Passion of the Christ. I would be curious to know if people within the religion watch it and are like, that was a little much. I enjoyed the movie. I really, not even just from like a, a technical standpoint, although I did enjoy it from technical. I'd like the story. Sure. I don't like it. Like, it's not like I'm watching it and I'm like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, get that Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not cheering him on, but I'm watching it and I'm like, I, I genuinely feel like this like touched a piece of me. Huh. Yeah, now he's going to start reading the Bible. So Yeah, there, I got a copy. Of, I got the Bible and the Quran right at my house. I might bust, bust them Whoa, open. Whoa, the Quran. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't have the, the Torah, though. See, the, to me, this movie was a little like NASCAR. You know, like they're, they're going around a loop and you just check back in every five minutes. You're like, ah, still doing that, huh? I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> All When's right. the car going to crash? <laughs> oh, my. When's the cool <laughs> oh shit starts? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's why we watch car races, right? What's Where's the, the explosions? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you would like to add about Passion of the Christ? I think we've said enough, haven't we? We've said more than enough. Probably yeah. too much. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, like Zach said, all in good fun. Yeah, Jesus no has offense a intended. sense of humor. We love the movie. We love the story. We love Jesus. We love the big man up top. We yeah, I, I mean, we don't love the movie. Chef loves the movie. I thought yeah, the movie was say, pretty good. I didn't love the movie. I did. Okay, good for you guys. Love the big man. I love the big man. Maybe. I'm not sure. Next episode, we explore Autumn's faith and my own and well, Zach's. We, does, doesn't she like, doesn't, oh my don't God. you have some movies picked where we're going to have to talk about this again? You're right. Next well, week, Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. Actually, no, because I don't remember if the Duff is coming out next or if you heard the Duff last week. But next week... Oh, so you haven't explored that yet. Got it. Oh, next week, you're either hearing the Duff episode... Or if you've already heard that, thank you for listening. You'll be enjoying a nice Anchorman episode. <laughs> Neither of which have to do with any form of religion. Maybe not yours. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. If you have made it through two hours and 13 minutes of us talking about the Passion of the Christ. Pre-editing. Uh, yeah, pre-edited yeah. time. We sincerely appreciate you and wonder what you're doing with your life yeah what the hell's wrong with you but thank you for listening leave us a review leave us a rating you can get in touch with me at junkheadtv207 at gmail.com let us know what you think about the show or reach out to me personally at junkheadzack on instagram and until next time when you are hearing either the duff or anchorman <laughs> good night everybody i'll see you in church on sunday nighty night <laughs>